You're listening to the Premier Podcast Network. Welcome to the pinnacle of wrestling entertainment, Premier Streaming Network. Join us at watchonpremier.com to unlock the ultimate wrestling experience, curated to perfection. Immerse yourself in the spectacular world of wrestling history, where classic battles and unforgettable moments are at your fingertips. Join us today and experience the epitome of curated wrestling content, because when it comes to wrestling entertainment, Premier sets the standard. Be Premier. This is the MLW Radio Network. To the mind of the meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, the Bloom Meanie. Cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the mind of the meanie. I am your tour guide, Josh Chernoff, and he is the Bloom Meanie. Meanie, what's on your mind? Uh, we're recording, right? We are not. <laughs> You know what? I am, uh, because as soon as I realized what you were doing, I hit record so we could get this little fucking Easter egg. So Sweet. Uh, uh, we're probably going to just play this in the beginning of the show, and I'm going to hit record. We're leaving it in, baby. Leaving yep. it in. A little inside baseball. And uh, I'm recording. Meanie, you want to say your thing? And recording. Oh, see, man. See, Fuck, we, we do the- lit cigar. Let's... Uh, <laughs> That's just so hold on, hold on. So, you know, for the people listening for free, uh, you know, sometimes we come on the Patreon to early talk to the Patreon folks and then we uh, go, uh, you want to record? And we both, he counts us down three, two, one record. And I go and recording Not that way we can sync up our files real nice and clean. Yep. And then, um, you know, then he, you know, does the intro or we, we'll have a little bit more jibber jabber with the, the audience. And then, you know, we'll go into the intro like we just did. But I, you said you want to do a show and yeah. And I thought we were going to do the three, two, one recording. I went over and, and when I hit, heard you hit the theme, I hit record real quick. And so, we, so and here we are. What's cool is we each also have a mixed recording on, on both sides. So yeah. as kind of like an emergency thing, the 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 uh, the mixed recording is in case your thing craps out or my thing craps out. It's like you know what we have that, and then our super duper backup is the uh, the Patreon feed. We can always pull that audio if we needed to. So we have these redundancies in place. But yeah, I really shit the bed on this one. So uh, hey, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll play from your mix thing, and then everyone's gonna get this little bonus here. Uh, yeah. So cool. Uh, yeah, and begin. This is the MLW Radio Network. Yeah. 
Welcome, everybody, again to another edition of Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original, The Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I am your tour guide, Josh Chernoff, and he is The Blue Meanie. Meanie, welcome back for take two of episode 46, What's on Your Mind? Give me your tired, give me your weary, give me your blue meanies. I am fucking exhausted. Um, yeah, like me and you had, me and you had a little inside baseball. Besides the other inside baseball, yeah, we're having this conversation. I, I've been going to bed later and later, and my brain would not shut down until like four a.m. this morning. And then, like, we had a set time to uh, do this, and maybe try to do this at eleven a.m. On Saturday? Yeah. And then uh, it was like, uh, I sent you a text, oh, we could do 11.30 if you want. Yeah. Well, no, I, so <laughs> I, I said 11.30, you said we can do 12 if you want. Oh, that's right. And then I was right. like, oh, he's up. It's going to be, because I had an errand to run this morning. And then that took significantly less time, because uh, I'm actually looking for a, a countertop for my kitchen. Um, oh. And we did not find what we were looking for. So I shot you a text. I'm like... Hey man, I can go anytime. I'm 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 back. It was like ten o'clock or something, and then it was like I was like I can do eleven if you want, and then it was like eleven fifteen, and you're just like you're like oh shit yeah, yeah, yeah I can I can do this I can do it soon. You were you had fallen uh, back to sleep or you know yeah which is, uh, no knock on you man your hours are are crazy what you've been keeping yeah uh without going into too much detail uh a couple of my friends had falling on some uh some rough patches and uh been trying to help out yep. uh one friend had a stroke one friend couple couple friends got covid so i'm just trying to help their people you know uh as i shut down my phone i was gonna say is that breaking out. news or just your phone <laughs> that's just <laughs> my phone. uh no uh, i mean that's that's awesome what you're doing and obviously while this show is incredibly important to us um yeah Stuff like that comes first, you know. Yeah, and, uh, I don't want to give out too much details because you know that's yeah. it's it's a privacy issue. But you sure, know, of course, a couple, couple folks I know uh, in my life needed some help, and uh, I've been helping. But so, yeah, that send said, some good vibes over to them, Pod Squad. Yeah, I'm sure everyone can everyone can use good vibes, but yeah, especially with that. But no, yeah. so me in in helping out, uh, it, it's kind of been you know your your. Hours have been kind of crazy lately. You know, you've been up pretty late. Yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. So, no shame. And uh, if anything, there's jealousy in how late you were able to sleep, but not in how late <laughs> you were up. Um, but, uh, yeah, I went to bed. Of, uh, my brain, w- I like, I got in the bed at like 2 a.m. and my brain wouldn't shut down to like 4. Yeah. And then it's like, what Jeez. the fuck? And then like, I was like, oh, I got to get up in a couple hours. <laughs> and then... That's when we had the text exchange. Yeah. Well, and that was, the <laughs> and thing. here we that, are. That, that made me think you were up. Cause I got your yeah. text. I got your text when you, I guess when you were getting ready to go to sleep or something last night, you know, we always text each other. I love you before we go to bed at night. And, uh, <laughs> when I got your text, um, I saw it when I'm up at the ass crack of dawn. Cause my kids are waking me up. And I saw that, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to reply to you because you've only been asleep for like three hours at this point. So I'm like, all right, let's uh, yeah. let's wait a little bit. And then when I heard from you later, 
that's when I was like, okay, I guess he's up. I guess we can rock and roll here and do that. But, uh, you know, it worked out because I was able to eat something beforehand. Um, <laughs> that's another thing. Like, uh, that's another mind of the meanie inside thing. It's like, uh, uh, let's do it at X time. And then, like, I'm sitting here, I'm ready. Like, oh, shit, I'm uh, eating. Yep. <laughs> oh, shit, I'm in the shower. Yeah. And uh, it's no big deal. I don't give a shit. You know, the the nice like thing that. about it is we're both the same way. Because yeah. if, I mean, that's the nice part and the not nice part because it, it makes it somewhat more challenging for us to stick to the schedule. But at the same time, I feel like you and I both know that we're, you know, if we say it's going to be this one time, it's probably about 15 minutes later, you know, yeah. and we both, and we both kind of get that. Uh, that's why I, that's why I don't break balls. Cause I want my balls broken either. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, you uh, know. yeah, it's always, the intention is always pure. Um, yeah. But, yeah. uh, Look, if that's the worst thing uh, we have to deal with with this podcast, and yeah, I think we're getting off pretty lucky, you know, as far yeah. as uh, the situation goes. But no, yeah, we're man, we're doing well. We're, we're, we're doing, doing good. Well. Get all yeah. things like people go, Meanie, how you doing? Like, like I, I had a couple friends reach out. I haven't heard from them. Meanie, how you doing? I'm like, ah, oh, good, doing good. All things considered. Yep. You know, uh, you know. So I mean, I know other friends are. You know, going through some shit, and uh, you know, you try to help them out, but um, you know, I, I'm happy. I, you know, I got, I, I'm, I'm healthy. Mrs. Meanie's healthy. Uh, the only thing, you know, the only thing, you know, we got weird sleep hours. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes she's falling asleep when I wake up. And, you know, I'm going to bed, and she's been, you know, but you know, it works itself out. Yeah. You know, it works itself out. You know, uh, I'm I'm just fortunate. I live with somebody I I, lo- I love being around and love you know living with. I couldn't imagine like you hear people get married right as the fucking lockdown happens, oh. and that's when you get the real test. That's of, the test, yeah. That's the fucking test. I don't and know. I, I mean, me me and Tracy is uh, me and Tracy have passed that test. So yeah, I uh, that was my feeling was like my wife and I got through this. You know, we can get through anything. Yeah. We got through, we've gotten through this lockdown. We had a baby during the lockdown. Yeah, they, it's kind of like the Walking Dead when they have a baby during the, uh, yeah, the, the zombie the apocalypse. apocalypse. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's the, uh, he's a quarantine baby. Um, <laughs> in the sense that he's never, you know, I was, it, today as we record this, it's my mom's birthday. And, uh, oh, so happy they, birthday, uh, Mama yeah, Chernoff. Yes, happy birthday. Um, and, uh, I'll thank you on her behalf. Um, but, uh, so you're welcome. We were, um, we were, uh, uh, FaceTiming and she's got, my mom has a dog and, and you know, my youngest son is like staring at the phone. Look at this. And I realized he's never met a dog or a cat or anything because, yeah. you know, we don't have any pets right now. And, and he's just never, you know, this isn't something where you're out even going for a walk and someone has their dog and oh, they'll come over and the kids will pet the dog. Like we don't, that's not happening, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's crazy. I don't know what his reaction is going to be the first time he sees an animal. Um, that's kind of cool though. Cause you're like having these moments. Yeah. Like the, uh, I can, you can write down the date, and the time that your, yeah. your baby first saw a dog. Well, and you then, know, you know uh, what? That's been the the silver lining for me, and I feel like so many parents feel this way. Uh, mm-hmm. While it has been a, a it's been a tough 
journey having the kids home from school and having all that stuff, but, and working from home, but I have spent more time with my youngest that at this point, uh, in the first seven months of his life than I think I did with my other kids in the first seven months of their lives. You know, I was out at work. I was, you know, and that's the thing here, I'm working from home and yeah, there's definitely times I'm, I'm busy, but I can pop upstairs. They can come downstairs, you know, whatever it is. So it, it's do run ins. Yeah. They do some run ins. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, so my daughter was very, uh, excited to do the, um, the, uh, drawing for rumble. The rumble thing. Um, <laughs> she had so much fun and was like so proud of herself. She's going to start asking me when her action figure is coming out. Um, ah, that's amazing. Yeah. She's, uh, Oh, by that's the way, what I love about this podcast. It's like, just like family, you know? Yeah, I mean, of course, we started during the apocalypse, but you know, we got Mrs. Meanie's running. You know, your kids are doing running. Yep. You know. <laughs> um, and it, and it's all part. You know, you know, it's 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 all good. Yeah, and you I know, really it's like all good. the thing I love about this show is, uh, if I can just put us over, is that uh, you know <laughs> somebody's really, got it. If you had to explain, you know, it's a podcast, but this is really like a talk radio format yeah it really is and i I love that about this because there's even like so we have the construction going on in our house and and uh we've talked about the crawl space you know and uh somebody an hvac person supposed to come a couple days ago and then they said us yesterday like yeah he's gonna come on saturday we're like which is when we're recording this my wife's like well you know my husband's gonna be doing a show like you know like oh he'll just be in the crawl space banging around she's like well the crawl space is on the other side of the wall of his office in the basement. So, you know, right. and he's not here yet, but I basically, I said to her, I said, that's one of the things that I love about mind of the meanie is if it was so, so sure enough, or that was extreme, which is so much more formulaic and, and in, in so, so sure enough, it's scripted, you know, yeah. there's no, uh, allowance for random noise came in random like you know it just it throws it off it's not yeah that type of show um yeah but with this you know that's what i told her. i was like look if he comes in there and he starts banging i'll just bring it up on the show and i'll just tell you what the hell's happening here i mean i hope it doesn't happen because that would really suck right. to have to edit all of that out but you know it, it's it's so relaxed um yeah it's so much fun to be able to do and i mean yeah i don't want to kill the gimmick but there's definitely some there's definitely a lot of prep work that goes into putting this show together and there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff but Mm -hmm. the actual sitting down doing the show is just it's it's just relaxing it's just sitting and talking to a friend and talking to our patreon friends and talking at all of our uh, all of our listener friends our pod squad so it's it's a lot of fun yeah, it is, man. Um, like I said, I, I'm a huge fan of talk radio. Uh, it's got me, it's kept me awake on many a road trips, uh, either through wrestling or sitting on a plane. And I got somebody next to me, I, I uh, like squishing me in my seat. And <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't feel like I'll just pop on something. I'll pop on a podcast or something. Yep. You know, so this is like, this feels like something I was meant to do, kind of, you know, just jibber jabber. Yeah, you know, when I was a kid, um, uh, like when I was a kid, I, I under like uh, I would do my own radio shows. I would do my own like countdown shows. 
there's this thing back in the day called a, a star studio. And it was like a karaoke machine where you can like, you know, slide the one thing over and it takes the vocals out of the thing. And you're, you're supposed to be able to sing with the song. But I would do my own like Casey Kasem kind of bullshit, you know. <laughs> hey, this is Brian. Blah, 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 blah. Here's my top ten songs. Blah, 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 blah. And then like <laughs> I record them and I just play them for myself. Yeah. And then uh, one time. Uh, when I was living in Lake City, there's a local station, uh, 104.5 WMGM. I might be wrong on the numbers, but it's WMGM right outside Atlantic City. And they had a contest, uh, DJ, be a DJ for a day. And, like, I'd already been doing these tapes, so I just did one. But instead of playing the whole song, I did the intro, outro, and all that stuff. I sent it in. And, like, I, I was, like, a regular caller to the show. There's a DJ called Bruce DeBear Ellis. And I would call into his show and just be a regular. And then uh, I sent in a tape. And the one time I called in, they were like, hey, is this Brian? Is this Brian, the winner of the DJ for a, DJ, a day contest? Awesome. I was like, ah! <laughs> so I got, go, got, got to go in the studio and do all that shit. And uh, That's so cool. Yeah, and then when he, when he got fired, they had another guy named Mudman. The, the Mudman. Was well, that when I'm you called? Mud- that's when you had that, uh, that working name, right? I had the, uh, I made up a, a character called the, uh, the monger man, Yeah, which, uh, I don't know why. Well, I know why my friend, Justin Daniels, who's, uh, got far port toys in, um, uh, May's landing. Uh, we met in eighth grade and he started calling me monger for some reason. I was like, whatever. I've had like a million different nicknames. Like, Hey, big man. Hey, what up B? Hey, monger. Hey, half. What's up, man? You know, different nicknames. So it's just another nickname. So I started calling and I made up like this character called the Monger Man. It was kind of like a, an Ultimate Warrior type character. And uh, I'm the Monger Man. Brr, you know, shit yeah. like that. And uh, I would do the gimmick where if something was topical, I would blow somebody up. And the, the way I did that was I would be like, oh, I'm going to blow up so-and-so. And like there's this Megadeth song. I can't think of the name of it offhand, but it starts off with like this old timey, I don't want to set the world on fire. And then you hear like the fucking whistle and the bomb come in and it goes that I can't whistle because I I can't whistle because I have lips. But um, (laughs) that's about it. That's uh, yeah. Uh, So I would play that sound effect to up to the, you know. And it became a thing to, like, you know, uh, somebody tried calling in and pretending to be me. And the guy's like, uh, the, the mud man's looking at the fucking caller ID. He's like, you're not him. That's so awesome. then I called in, and I blew the monger man impersonator. <laughs> and I used Slichter, to have all this shit. we need a monger man t-shirt. Yeah. And we talked about uh, that a couple months ago. Um, I, uh, he's been busy yeah. making a thousand other designs for us, so... <laughs> get back to work yeah how can you have i see i see you logged in here selector how dare you be on this show right now (laughs) how Um, dare you fucking man he has been uh, this is the weekly put over andy selector uh segment yeah just man again again like he sent something from that was extreme that he came up with based (laughs) off of he had to actually send me the timestamp. Because I had no idea what it was. It was something Joel had talked about. 
And it was, and, and we have a design off of it, which is great, which hopefully will That's be up on, uh, on Pro Wrestling Tees soon. Pro Wrestling Tees is always a little bit backlogged in uploading their stuff when they have a sale. Um, yeah. Uh, they're ki- so, they're kind of busy. Yeah, uh, so we're hoping in the next week <laughs> or so. Uh, but yeah, no, I, you, know, you were talking about Farpoint Toys, right? That's what it's called, right? Yeah, Farpoint Toys. Uh, they're on, if you go on Amazon Prime, Look up the show a toy store near you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they just they were just recently featured on a toy store near you, and they they talked to like these different toy stores that have been affected during COVID, mm-hmm. but they were affected by not only by COVID, but the fact that their uh, electrical storm like right. almost burned the store down. Uh, hit uh, like lightning hit a, a power line outside. Now didn't that happen? And then they like just were back on their feet, and then COVID hit. No. Or was it the opposite no, they were direction? Opposite direction. They were mm. doing COVID, but they were holding their own doing uh, online stuff. Right. So their story was basically went from being a store to just like a warehouse where they were like shipping stuff out from there and stuff like that. And it's uh, Justin and Penelope. Uh, and uh, there's a storm. Uh, There's a lightning strike. It hit a power thing outside and it shot a volt into their store. The whole like back end of their store was like exploded. And uh, I don't give away too. Watch, watch the show. Yeah. But uh, it it was so fucked up. Like the power line landed on the ground. I guess there was some, and it like crystallized the dirt. It was so hot or something like that. It's like, there's like a permanent thing on the sidewalk. It's freaky. Wow. If you hear them, t- if you hear Justin tell the story on a toy story near you, you know, and by the, the cool thing is, I mean, out of the bad thing that, you know, somebody did a GoFundMe for him mm-hmm. and uh, the community toy collecting community really came through for him. It's a great community, yeah. the toy collecting community. I'm not joking. It's really, it's yeah. great. It, the, the, you know, obviously I, I lean much more towards the, uh, the wrestling figure. So well, they have some of those. They have those. Yeah. Um, they, but, do, uh, they do everything. You can't, you can't see on my screen here, but I've got uh, my whole Hasbro display yeah, you, next to me. You were, sem- set up. You were yeah. sending me, uh, you were sending me uh, stills like of your new setup, yeah, which looks, testing looks great, by the way. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I still got one more uh, detoff to, uh, to build, one more case from Ikea. Excuse me? Uh, what? A what? I beg your pardon? A D what? A detoff. They're uh they're it's from IKEA. Okay. Yeah, it means long and uh glass. Um but uh no, but hey, breaking news. Uh yes. we are actually going to be doing a uh a signing and meet and greet and selling our figures there. Now they don't know that yet because I just said yeah. it. Um yeah. but uh when our figures come out and when the world writes itself. We definitely have plans to kind of do some, you know, some signings. A lot of people have been asking, well, how can I get these figures signed? Um, And so that's kind of the the mindset meaning I've talked about, which is, and again, this is all when things get back to normal, but we would do, we would do meet and greets where we're a selling a a, a select number of figures at these toy stores uh, and, you know, and also sign it, you know, sign it, whatever. But so it's a, if you haven't bought a figure yet or you want to buy another one signed, you can come there. We'll sign it in person. We can just sign it. We can sign it to you exactly. Or 
if you've already purchased one and you're keeping it mint on card and you want it signed, hopefully we'll be at a, a, a you know, a toy store near you and you'd be able to come bring that and we can sign it. If you're really far away, I'm sure there are things we can work out, you know, and figure it yeah. out. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be... Uh, a lot of fun to be able to do that. But no, when you're talking about it, they're on my, on my mind. We've never discussed it with them. But they're in my mind as far as like a place that I, because I want to check it out. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to go check it out, why don't we just go there and sell some figures while we're there? It's, it's like a store, but it's also like a museum because they have so much cool shit there. Um, and you could just walk around and just stare at shit for hours. And it's yeah. amazing what they got there. Uh, and hopefully, you know, once the world heals up and they can open back up and all that good stuff, I would love to do like, you know, sign our figures there and then, you know, do an episode of the the podcast from there. That would be, you know, that, that would be super cool to be able to do something like that. You know, it would oh, be absolutely. really great to be able to do the podcast during the signing. Yeah. That could just be fun. Like we're just, although that, you know what? Fun for us, not fun for our listeners. As the whole thing is just like, yeah, and meaning, okay, who am I making? Who am I making this out to? Yeah, come over here. We'll take a quick picture with you. All right, cool, thanks. Yeah. Anyway, well, meaning, yeah, we were talking about. I'm sorry, yeah, your name is, How do you spell that? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think that would now. Now that I'm saying it out loud, I don't. I yeah, I think you have a better idea. Um, yeah, Vanessa no, Bello uh, from Patreon says uh, her only wrestling figure is the Blue Meanie Legend figure. The uh, oh, uh, what's the company? That's very kind of you. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, what company that's is that? My, that's the, my uh, only figure, too. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, until now. Until now. Uh, um, you know, now we got two, thankfully. Uh, thank, yeah. thank, that's, a, that's another thing, great thing that came out of this podcast. I get a, oh, yeah. I get to have a second figure, yeah. which will be awesome. So so uh, anyone who follows me on social media has seen the pictures from the, uh, the photo shoot that I did the other day. Um, I actually held the figures. I actually have both of them in some pictures of both of them. Um, but, uh, oh, they're saying, uh, Farpoint Toys is season two, episode two of a toy store near you. That's Anthony Camarada says. Uh, thank so you, sir. Check that out. Um, please. But, uh, Th and thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I'm going to watch that tonight. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the photo shoot that I did was for, um, the back carding of the of the figure. So that's been sent off now to Cella Toys. They are they have been waiting and waiting and I was like I need to, you know, get a haircut and drop some quarantine weight before I uh you know, before I do this. And uh but no, so I got those photos done. Those were sent off. I ended up getting some nice new studio shots. So uh my so says Chernoff stuff is updated now with a, a photo that's not a still frame from uh from something I did at Bash at the Beach last year. <laughs> um so they're nice. And and I so I took a photo where I basically stood exactly posed like my action figure. And I was like, yeah. well, this is what I'll do in the back. And then like I went back and forth and I, I showed it to you, Meanie, and showed it like to some other people. And I had another one which is going to be used on it's already on some of my social media not the one of me holding the figure but i'm kind of turned like sideways and i'm like well that's like a fun picture like that looks good i'm still dressed like the figure but the one of me posed like the figure i look like a like a a figure i don't look like a person <laughs> like i'm just like standing there because you know i didn't want to smile because the the action figure doesn't have a smile you know right so right. yeah but uh but i, I was Looking like you all. know what it's fine i can 
looking all hard and shit. Just yeah. Like, mm. Yeah, I am. But don't I don't know. They cut it is. from the waist up for the package, so you can't, can't tell. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a good thing about being fat. Nobody sees your erections in public. Just, you know. <laughs> Uh, RJ writes, uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry that, that, that took, was a, that? that took a minute to get there. Um, yeah. woke up with the biggest erection of my life. Hope uh, the other people in the bus didn't mind. <laughs> uh, RJ says, how was the photo shoot with yourself? Are you implying that I took the photos of myself? Cause I did not, uh, trust me. It was the first time in in, in uh, uh, 325 days, I think, that uh, I had been in a public place without a mask on, um, and uh, it was it was nerve wracking in that regard. But uh, it was socially distant and only took the mask off for the photos and whatnot. But yes, if you're implying I just took pictures of myself, uh, thank you for thinking that I have the skill to do professional photos but i don't um no i had uh somebody i, I went somewhere and somebody took those photos of me because um, <laughs> it turns out uh and nini knew this when you're yes. a professional you should have professional photographs and that was the thing when they're like we need these background photos like here look at the one nick aldis has i'm like oh that's a really nice professional photo and we're like okay well here's meanies oh that's a really nice professional photo here's josh's yeah that's from my iphone i just kind of took a still frame of a video <laughs> you know they're like this yeah. isn't a high enough quality photo you're gonna need to do better so um yeah but no it's it, I, i'm excited to actually have like real real photos but it's also good to have some new uh some new professional photos, yeah, stuff like that. You know, just day because you know you never know. Somebody's like, "Oh, I need some photos for this." Photos for I forget. Yeah. I just sent like a bunch of photos for something. Oh, the uh, thing I recorded, I can't talk about yet. Mm. And then, uh, <coughs> mm, yeah. and uh, yeah, I, I had to scroll through some uh, studio shots that I had. Yeah, and uh, shout out to uh, wrestling photographer Frank Boris, dude. He say like the the photo for. We're using. He, mm -hmm. he he would take he would show up to like indie shows and just set up his uh, well he's you know part of the show too but he would set up a professional studio take yeah. shots of you shoot you in the ring and just send it off to you and be like hey if you want to use these and that's such that's a awesome. cool gesture yeah that's such a cool gesture because like uh or just yeah gesture yeah, yeah. gesture because I sometimes I say jester instead of gesture you're thinking Gary. Yes. Gary. No, I'm just kidding. That's Howard Stern. Um Yeah, different Gary. But dude, when I first got <clears throat> I first got into the business, uh well first got in the East, I mean there there's these guys who would take photos and they would try to they would take these photos and they would print out these eight by tens and come in the locker room and go, Hey, I, I got the shot for you. I like, Oh, thanks. And you go to take it. He's like, Oh, that'll be twenty bucks. I was like, Oh, really? Uh, Todd, <laughs> Todd, this guy's, uh, you know, not only making money, taking photos at our ringside, but he's trying to sell me my own photo at the mark price in the yeah. locker room. That's what, uh, I did a show. Um, I did. And you see the guy backpedal real quick. Like, well, you hear oh, the I'm Flintstone sure. feet. You know? Yeah. I, I'm not going to say who this is or what show it was. Cause I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be a jerk, yeah. but I did a, uh, uh, an indie show, uh, year or so ago and 
the guy was just like, hey, you know, I'm taking pictures backstage of everybody. You want to take these pictures? And I'm like, yeah, this is great because I had actually done one before. Um, and uh, at, at a, I had done an indie show and they had a whole setup. Dude did an amazing job. But I was just doing commentary and I felt like inappropriate to go up and ask them to take a photo of me while they were taking all the wrestlers. Turns out afterwards, they're like, oh, did you get your photo? I'm like, no. They're like, oh, you're supposed to do that. I'm like, oh, shit. But this other one, I went, and uh, and then I was like, okay, this is awesome. Great, I need new photos for the stuff for Fight and all that. And they're like, um, like okay, uh, that's going to be whatever it was. I think they were charging me like $30 a photo or something, and not even in uh. a print. And I'm like, uh, no. Like, I almost want to look and be like, listen, pal, like, I, I didn't charge you to take a picture of me. Don't try, right. you know, you were there. You're being paid to be there already right. like no you're not doing that so i ended up talking to the promoter and the promoter was like that's bullshit you're supposed to get that for free and so they we agreed they're like well we'll give you two for free and i'm like good oh, i only thanks. like one of them i look like shit and all the other so you know yeah um but then thanks, those quickly Dick. went i grew a beard and those quickly went out of style because that's like the one they used <laughs> for retromania and you know i do i do not have a beard in retromania it's a date it's a dated I was going to ask them to add my beard in, but then I was like, I don't want to set that game back. You know? Yeah, they've had, or they've already had enough issues with the yeah. uh, quarantine and the be shutdown. Like, yeah. And- the least important thing is, is that. But I, I kind of like the fact that there's representation of me with the beard in action figure form and without the beard in video game form. Like, I think that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Again, that's another good thing that came out of this podcast, The oh. Mind and the Meanie. Because, yeah. uh, yeah, we're we're getting action figures. We're getting, uh, we're in the video game. Yeah, you go back uh, a year ago, for me at least. You go back a year ago, and this is nowhere on my radar. The idea that a year later I would be in a video game and have an action figure, like it's have a cartoon. Pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, like this. Yeah, has been, that's this another. Has been so I don't. Are there any other? mediums of which to represent yourself like i don't we do audio we do video we have a cartoon we have an action figure we're in a video game he has a comic book a cop yeah that's next yeah i kind of got offered a comic oh no i got offered a a coloring book deal uh that i might do you should i just gotta think of it i gotta think of a story so and uh, this was like a year ago, so I, and they I want like, it to be a children's coloring book. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, hey, farting is funny. Yeah, uh, we should get the mind of the meanie viewmaster, like a like a little thing with the. <laughs> sh- sh- yep. Sh- yeah, different photos. That's awesome. You know? Yeah, um, I was a big I was a big mark for those. Hey, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to open up my fucking ultra oh, real. I would too, but I've got a story behind. Why don't you open yours first? Okay, I got the uh, Spindrift uh, as a as a callback. Spindrift uh, sparkling water, uh, half tea, half lemonade. Sweet, yeah, man. So hold on, three, two. All right, go birds. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, go Carson Wentz. Take take a look at this can. This is really sir. Just- pull your pants back up. Yeah. Um, if you can see it's dented in, Oh, what I can't show you is that this weighs nothing. 
You hear this? Sir, pull your pants back up. (laughs) This is... (laughs) I don't know what happened. This is a sealed can. It it feels as though it is uh, half filled. Or... Half empty. Half empty. Yes. So I decided because... Yeah, I decided that I was going to save it when I went to take this out the other day. I was like, I'm saving this for the show. So I'm going to open it up on the air, and I'm curious. You what's should just go- leave it. What? It's like an antique. You go like, oh, that one day. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you get the egg that has two yolks in it, you know. It's just like, so let's, know. yeah, so let's hear. Or speck of blood, like. whichever so you're. Like. That's it. What, smell it. it. Smells like lemon lime. I think there's no, uh, should I taste it? Should I taste oh, this or no? That could be bad. It could, it could be bad. Is it poison? There is no uh, carbonation whatsoever. Oh, so it's just flat? It's, it's, I mean, it, it looks about, it looks like maybe half filled and there's no carbonation and that's why it was. But it was. So, uh, <laughs> who wants this? I'll sell this for $5. <laughs> Here we go. But did, did you at least bring yourself a real one? Like a live round? Oh, of course I did. Oh, okay. Of course I did. Here we go. Right now, for $5. <laughs> okay. There you go. I've signed it. I will sell this to someone for five dollars. <laughs> uh, I just got my new pens, so I, I oh, just you want did. to take it out. Uh, they're there. I mean, I didn't just get them. I just opened them the other day to see how they were. I got them a while ago, waiting to sign those, uh, you know, those those uh, pictures that you have. Yeah, I gotta get a. Yeah, yeah. I'll be. <laughs> But there you go. I'll, so, I'll uh, fucking get there. I'll oh, Vanessa had said sign. I didn't even see this. Vanessa says sign it and sell it for 10. Oh. Well, there you go. When there's a market for something. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. $10. Just re- $10. Just remind me. Like, I'll re- give you like 250 an- Travis, starting at 250 250 <laughs> Dude, if you think that I am above selling this can with my signature on it, you don't know me. I I might be a I'll, terrible I'll, salesman, but I will also, you know. I'll sign it and bring the value down. Uh, Devin's asking five dollars shipped. Yeah, you're. Yeah, yeah. Meaning you're going to bring the value down. Putting your signature on something is going to bring the value down of when I sign something. Hang Please. on to that can. Hang on to that can. Mm-hmm. And when I bring up the concept art for you to sign, and Meanie's going to sign, sign this can? can. I'll sign that can. Okay. Yeah. And then once it's signed, we'll show everybody. I kind of need to touch up that signature a bit. Turn, it turns out it's not that easy to sign a can, but all right, I'm keeping it. What, but I got this one. one. Of my, there you go. There it is. There we go. And this is a, uh, aha, citrus <laughs> and green tea. Mm. You just uh, reminded me, like every time like I, I get a good spot at like the store and I, I see somebody waiting to, Sitting there with their blinker on, waiting for me to back out. 
I always go, good spot, five bucks, good spot. Yeah. Give me yeah. five bucks, I'll leave. I, I think this is uh, this is the master plan of how we can make a ton of Thinking money. of a master plan. Go ahead. We're going to, I think, we just like, at like when we can do live shows. We'll do live shows, and then we'll do autograph signings afterwards, and all the cans of seltzer that we drank during the show will sign. But then we'll have the one during the show that's like for the lucky fan that we just throw into the audience. Yeah. <laughs> we'll stone cold it into yep. the fucking crowd. <laughs> and then we'll, they we'll get hire to bring Mark- it. If they have well, it, they can bring it up and we'll sign it for free. That's the Dude, that's- we'll, we'll, hire, we'll hire Mark Eaton, who used to throw the beers to stone cold, <laughs> to come to the show. Yeah, the only and thing it, is... Uh, we'll, we'll pay him uh, to toss us seltzers <laughs> while we hit stone cold's theme. Yeah. He only lives like an hour from me. Yeah, from us. Yeah, he's he's in Harrisburg. Do you think that he could? Uh, like, I know he can throw from a really long distance. Great he's overhead. Got, yeah. Incredible what he's done. Yeah. But remember, I have to catch this. So, do you think he could get within a foot of me and just slowly toss it to me? So I have a chance. <laughs> Dude, like, yeah. I mean, he was the fucking MVP at Raw, tossing those beers to Stone Cold. All right. Well, when we, the next time we do a, uh, the next time, the first time we do a live show, yeah. that's that's close to him. Try and remember. I want to see if we can get him there so he can throw us our seltzers. Dude, I almost drove out his way because uh, on his social media, but not well, like a couple months ago, his uh, there's a beer store near him that gets the Stone Cold uh, IPAs. Yeah. And I had some uh, at, you know, the last uh, Cauliflower Alley I went to. My buddy uh, Mikey Hawes uh, brought some out to, what's that? What was that sound? That was my uh, antivirus thing. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was like right after you said the dude's name. It was like, I was like, does he have like a theme music? (laughs) That's so weird. It's like. It's amazing what uh, bleeds through, and you know what? I, yeah. I hold on, hold on. Let me see if I could do this quick little experiment. Uh, let me minimize this. Uh, tell me if this comes through. Hold on, let me see. So, why I raise my finger? Oh yeah. Okay, I can't see your finger, but uh, which you begs the question of where your finger was. But I did hear that. Oh, okay. That's uh, tra- like uh, I set up the thing, and Tracy wanted to record herself playing her stylophone. Mm-hmm. So, so she's playing that. Right. Yeah, I was just so that can come. Can you do that one more so time. Got- oh, hold on. I oh, I exited out. Hold on, here oh. it comes again. It's okay. Oh, here it comes. Hold on. All right. Uh, I just want to add into it, really give it, really make it our own. Um, Dude, she's been really good with that. She, uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. She's playing that same uh, song, Sandstorm, the song they always play at like NFL games. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I was so proud that, look, if I could heap some praise on Mrs. Meany, she, uh, heap away. She uh, did a video on Instagram and then, the next day she did on Twitter of her singing uh, 
Oh my God. Learning to Fly by Tom Petty. It, a, it was, was play, really she, good. And she was playing her ukulele. And uh, I was really proud that she did that because she can sing. And I've heard her sing, but she's like shy. And uh, the fact that she did that and posted that, that was like a big thing for, you know, me to see. And I, you know, you know, had a, you know, a little happy uh, tear well up in my eye watching that. And then the, watching people, re- re- watch people react to the thing I've known all along kind of thing. Yeah. So I was very, was, I was that, very impressed. Very proud of her. She did it. I mean, yeah. between the ukulele, uh, right? There was a ukulele she was playing, right? Yep. Between the ukulele and the singing, I was just like, because at first when she started, I didn't know what, you know, I clicked on the thing. I'm like, oh, what's she doing here? And I'm like, listen, I mean, I love that song anyway. That's a great song. And yeah, I'm like, like a couple seconds go in. I'm just, I'm just like, this is pretty damn good. I'm really enjoying this. And then I'm just listening to it. Like it's right. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. It's Mrs. Meanie. Very cool though. Yeah. Everybody go check that out. Um, where did she post it? Did she post it on? Uh, she posted it on her Instagram at vomitus.maximus on Instagram and on Twitter at Treyfabe. Instead of Kfabe, Treyfabe. Yeah, I, 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 I was hoping she she was talking about switching from Trey Mc, Tricky McMama to Treyfabe for a while. And I'm, I wanted to, like, I, I'm smart enough to know that, like, if she says it, and I go, oh, you should do that. I won't follow it up and pressure her because then she'll change her mind. Right. So I just, I let her do it on her own and, you know, I'm happy she did it. You know, it's, it's, it's a cool name. Trey Fabe. Fuck. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that, yeah. While you were talking, she's, I went in and she's a cool chick. signed over my signature to make it a little darker. You can kind of see it now. Um, <laughs> I'm not joking. You're going to sign this. I will. Yeah. When you come up here, you'll sign that and then we will. Oh, you'll sign it. Yeah. <laughs> There's part of me I'm like, should we like raise money for something? We should. Yeah. Like instead of selling it for five dollars for us, like who gives it, you know, why don't we do that? Why don't we come up with a what, fun what, charity? What, I was gonna say, what's a good charity we could donate to? What if what if the highest bidder for this can of seltzer, this flat can of seltzer with our signatures on it, whoever is the highest bidder gets to pick the charity. Yeah. And we send 100% of the proceeds to it. And it's got to be a legit Pro- proceeds. Fucking- what if, like, I'm not taking. Yeah, after I take out the the uh, 30 cents that the can cost me. Um, <laughs> five cents in, five cents in Vermont. Yeah. <laughs> I say, you got to look at it and be like, okay, so what can this go for? Because they always like print it on there. What can this go for? I'm going to deduct that. I forgot Vermont's a state. You know, do you ever, ever hear a state's name and you forget? Yeah, you're like, yeah, they're part of the America. Yeah. Uh, Idaho. Vermont, Vermont. Oh, yeah. That, what city oh, yeah. is that? What state is Vermont in? Yeah. Yeah, where's where's Idaho? Idaho? No, you Idaho, motherfucker. No, <laughs> um, no uh, me and Mrs. Meany watch uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's one contestant named Utica. Like, Utica in New York. Uh, or... Oh, it, yeah. Oh, what's her name? I oh, know. Idica or it was, it was a joke along those lines. Idica, no, Utica or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So this, I heard that and I was Idaho, no Utah, motherfucker. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. This there was like this, uh, there's this girl in high school who 
like I didn't even know her. She was like a friend of a friend of mine. And yes. her name was Hoeda. So we'd Excuse always me? be like, so whenever we talked to her, she like whenever we would talk to the mutual friend, she'd be saying something or whatever and be like, Oh, wait a minute. Just constantly, you know, one of those deals. So uh, Cool Whip. Like on the Family Guy story, he was like, Cool Whip. <laughs> so saying Cool Whip. He's yeah. like, Why is that? And Brian, Brian the dog's like, Why is cool. that? Saying like, What? Cool Whip. Cool. Whip. Or whatever. Yeah. What? Um, what? That was like the name of Becky, the uh, oh my my high school band's album that we did. was called. It was Say What. It was H-W-H-A-T. <laughs> Which I was what? a manager of. Oh, what? I was a manager of uh, uh, Justin Daniels uh, from who I was talking about from Far Point Toys and Solace. Him and a couple of friends uh, got together and had a band called FCM, which st- st- stood for Free Charles Manson. Sure. And it was, they had one show. Yeah. They did like three covers at some girl's 16th birthday party, but I was the manager. Oh, man. Which meant. I just stood on the side and went, yeah. yeah you were the, the uh, sly it. from California Dreams. Um, <laughs> I don't even that's don't a, know what that That's is. a deep cut there. Um, I, don't I think, think you, you hit an artery on that one. Yeah, nobody uh, knows that. Uh, you hit a Bill Alfonso like, type it was artery. Like the poor man saved by the bell, but it like came on after saved by the bell. Right. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Right. Which, hey, bring, bringing that up... Uh, Couple of couple of upsetting losses. Uh, this is the point in the show where we bring everything down. Um, but I mentioned Save the Bell, and I think it's appropriate to mention Dustin Diamond that we, you know, yeah, lost Dustin Diamond uh, to cancer at the age of forty four. Too um, young, man. Horrible. Just really upsetting. Uh, I feel like his his uh, proverbial redemption tour never really got to happen, and I feel like he was. I feel like it would have, you know what I mean? Yeah. Eventually I feel like wounds were starting to heal and, uh, and it just, it, it, it just really sucks. And the reason I bring that up specifically, uh, is because you teamed with him. Yeah. Um, and that earned you a reference in trivial pursuit, which I think is edition. the coolest thing, right? Yeah. It was 90s edition of Trivial Pursuit. And, oh, uh, it was just the 90s edition, then who cares, right? Yeah, yeah, fuck, yeah. fuck <laughs> me. Uh, yeah. It was um, in the 90s edition. <laughs> um, I, posted on, I posted on the socials at Blue Meanie BWO. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a, not a weird situation, but I was doing a, a show in Milwaukee for... Uh, Dave Hero and his cousin Jack Koshik. Love Dave Hero. Jack, Dave Hero is awesome, and I love I as much as I love Dave Hero, I love his cousin Jack Koshik, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> he's just such a cool. He's like a, just a cool layback. Jack Koshik is a uh, concert promoter mm. who would do shows under the uh, moniker moniker. Uh, Jack Koshik presents, and he would do like um, the Milwaukee Metal Fest, mm. and they would, you know, he, he would do half like metal concert, and then between bands, he would have a wrestling show. There would be a ring set up in the middle of the fucking floor, <laughs> and while bands are tearing down, like a match would happen. 
So that was always pretty cool. So I started doing, you know, Dave was booking me for those. And uh, Jack, you know, uh, had me on a couple of those. But then as time went on, they worked out a deal with uh, the minor league hockey team in Milwaukee, which I can't think of right now. But they, I think they're called they, the Vermonts. <laughs> the Milwaukee Vermonts. The well, <laughs> Milwaukee Vermonts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's cool. Uh, that's good. Um, hey, thank you. And they would play wherever WWE ran in Milwaukee. So it's like that, the same place where, you know, the mega powers exploded and turned on each other, that room where, you know, yeah, uh, Randy Savage hits, you know, Liz is down, you know, Randy Savage, you know, Hulk carries Liz back. And then, you know, Randy runs back and hits him with the belt. And, and knocks everyone that, and everything over. Yeah. Is this, where, yeah. Is this the one where uh, Hulk is like, uh, when, are, when are we back, brother? Or one of those things? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yep. Yep. So we, uh, he was... They were doing a show that was going to be the post, like the post hockey game. After the hockey game, mm-hmm. they lowered a ring from the ceiling onto the ice. What? And they would and they would have matches. Yeah, it's pretty How is cool. That even like built? How's that even constructed? Brother, I don't know. I didn't watch it I, because I was supposed to do a mixed tag match, me and a partner who shall never be named. Uh, against Luna and Gangrel, Gangrel. Well, the the partner who should never be named uh, decided to no show, because why not? Fucking Nova. Yeah. I'm ki- I'm kidding. I'm. Kidding. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> so I land in Milwaukee. They're like, oh well, so and so no showed. Uh, you're going to be tagging with Screech. I went what? <laughs> Turns out, uh, Dave Hero and Jack Hoshik, uh were sort of managers for Dustin Diamond at the time, or they're doing stuff oh, with wow. Dustin Diamond, right? They're like, uh, yeah, he's he's going to be your tag partner. I went, what? Uh, cool. You know, yeah. I had met Dustin when I was in Memphis for WWE. Uh, you couldn't you couldn't get me AC Slater? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, so I was like, all right, cool. So we I get to the building. I, I met Dustin in, in Memphis. He was cool, mm-hmm. you know? No issues. So, but, like, I had to, like, teach him how to wrestle, like, maybe two to three hours before the show even started. So, and probably in that same room that Hogan laid <laughs> out, I mean, Savage laid out Hogan, because it's weird. You can recognize certain buildings by yeah. the, the walls in the in the back, in the uh, the background, like that background of that wall. It's like, uh, like the, it's like a brown wall, but with, like, square. Yeah. Well, like anytime I see a photo from Memphis, I was like, oh, that's the shower at the Mid-South Coliseum because the, the tiles in the background, yeah. you know. So, uh, you know, we get to the, the, we're in the backstage in Milwaukee. I was like, oh, this is where fucking Hogan and the Savage fucking turn on each other. This is pretty fucking cool. That's awesome, yeah. Like when I go to Allentown, I look for the door, I look for uh, the door that uh, Roddy Piper hid from Jimmy Snook in. In the bathroom. The, yeah. 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 So you told, you told like, that story before. That's the only reason I know it was a bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Because as soon as I got there, I was like, "Oh, where's that door? Oh, there's the door. What the fuck's in there? Go in there. Oh, it's just a fucking shitty bathroom." <laughs> so Roddy just hid in the fucking bathroom for a couple of hours. <laughs> you know, uh, sorry to uh, ruin the illusion, but uh, hey, anyone so, yeah, who's ever uh, tried to run away from somebody in school in school knows you go to the bathroom up on the 
on the toilet in the stall. Yeah. Hide your feet. Uh, yeah. Just like uh, Jim Ross at the NWA convention when he's he's taking a dump and he hears two uh, fellow NWA promoters right. talk about put, putting a hit on Vince McMahon and he's like, and he, he just puts his feet up in the air so in yep. case anybody looks underneath the stall, he doesn't want to be implicated, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, he, he overheard people wanting to whack, you know, legit soprano style whack Vince McMahon for breaking yeah. into and you know, taking the territories or whatever. But, um, I, and yeah, so uh, we're doing this thing. The show it's after a uh, hockey game in Milwaukee, but also they had like other, like you know, wrestlers on the show. But they had the legendary uh, Dick the Bruiser oh, on the wow. show. So it was kind of cool. Got to meet Dick the Bruiser. And if you can imagine this, we did it like a meet and greet in the hallway at this hockey game. It's Dick the Bruiser, Screech, and the Blue Meanie. Wow. <laughs> Signing autographs. And, I mean, other people were there. Like uh, Buff Bagwell was there. Brian Christopher was there. Mm-hmm. Al Snow was there. We did this twice. The The other time I did it, I wrestled uh, Al Snow. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. I didn't and know you'd the, ever the wrestled Al. Uh, we wrestled twice. We wrestled once for WWE in Washington. I was a substitution for Goldust, who, who's, this is around the time I, I, you know, I, I tell, you know, like, uh, our match at St. Valentine's Day Massacre was kind of edited because of Dustin's back. Right. So we're doing a show in Washington. It's supposed to be Dustin against Al. His back was acting up. So I wrestled Al as a last minute substitution. Mm-hmm. With Goldust at ringside, and Goldust, you know, helped me win. Uh, and then, you know, the second time I wrestled Al was, uh, yeah, I know, I'm sure I probably said I never wrestled Al, but then this just jarred a memory. Is <laughs> talking about the story. I went, oh, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Mm. There's some things I don't know until other people make me remember oh, sure. it. You know, like, like a repressed memory or whatever. Yeah, but you're on, I mean, not, especially not, not that it's a bad on the thing. Road. Oh, yeah. You know, you're. Wrestling every night, and this you is can't a, remember who you're necessarily working. Yeah, and that's that, that's a whole nother story. Like, uh, that's a whole nother side road. I don't want to go down, but like, nothing boils my blood more than somebody calling somebody a, a liar because they misremember something they did. Right. Because, you know, there's it's one thing to be a wrestler and you're in the fucking moment and you're constantly going forward, where the fans have the luxury of. You know, watching something not once but multiple times right. and memorizing it, where the guy who lived it is on to the next thing and forgets what he just did, much like this podcast. <laughs> and uh, there's this expectation too that you know what else happened on the show. If you don't know what right. happened on the show. You're in the shower. You were there. You're, you were there. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was teaching Screech how to fucking wrestle. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So uh. Me and I, 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 I basically taught him some like basic shit, and then me, Screech, Luna, and Gangrel got together. I was like, "Hey, this is," and and they went, they they went over shit with him too. I, I'm not going to take the whole credit for it, but um, Just and then the like credit. the match happened, they beat the fucking brakes off him. <laughs> so uh, but it, it was kind of cool. And then like years later, um, <laughs> I don't know if it was cool for him. No, he was so he was a he was a good guy, man. That's why that's what really brings me down. And like everybody has their issues, yeah. you know. You know, has more documented than 
you know, the average person, but, uh, you know, you know, one-on-one in the, in a room, just talking, he's a sweetheart. He's a good guy. But like, I, I mean, I think, you know, you have to remember he's a child actor, which always can kind of, you which know, which usually never ends well. Yeah. That can be tough. And then yeah. from that, you have to look at his persona. I mean, here's a guy who was known worldwide as being this nerdy, wimpy, you know, and I think that there was a lot, uh, and this is just speculation from what you said, but I think right. there was a lot of him kind of wanting to be like, hey, that's not me, you know? I'm yeah. I'm not this, this you know, weak kind of, you know, head in the clouds, goofy, like what, you know? And I think as he got older, it was one of the, he wanted to be seen as a little cooler, a little, you know, tougher. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, you, you can't, you look at like Mark Paul Gossler playing Zach Morris, right? And you look at Dustin Diamond playing Screech and they're going to have very, you know, people believe even just actors, they see you as whatever character you are. And I feel yeah. like that's got to be something that maybe was a little tough too, as he got older and, you know, uh, his acting career, you know, you're pigeonholed. Like you're, you're, you're seen as this one, you're typecast, you're seen as this one way and, you know, but, but either way, I mean, just really, it, it sucks and it's a shame. Um, well, just imagine growing up as the one character and then you're walking down the street and every day of your life, hey, Screech, hey, Screech, hey, Screech, hey, Screech, hey, Screech. Yep. And, you know, it's just like, hey, you know. Well, it's, you it's know, one of those things, not, not comparing. And then, like, exactly. you try, and then you try to get other roles mm-hmm. and you're so known as the one character that nobody wants to give you another another role. Well, I'd, I'd have to know? imagine, I'm saying it's not exactly the same, but I'd have to imagine it's something you can kind of relate to as the blue meanie character. Yeah, but like, I, I'm fortunate that I love being called meanie. Oh yeah. No, know? no, no. I don't mean that aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. the, yeah. if there was a time, you know, I mean, yeah, you did the blue boy thing. Um, yeah. you know, but, but the thing is you were, we, we've talked in the past about how there are probably, you know, a handful of scenarios where, Maybe they weren't going to see, you know, a perfect example. I don't know if you saw on the network, uh, Stone Cold sit down with Bailey. Not yet. Um, it was really good. To. And she, she made a really interesting point about the decision to, you know, cut her hair and turn heel and do all that. And she said there were things like she's watching these like hell in the cell matches and these ladder matches, and these things. And she's saying, she's like, I'm not even in the conversation. The, in the gimmick that she was, in the happy hugger Bailey, she wasn't even in the conversation because they couldn't see her being in a hell in a cell. That's not who she was, and she felt like she wasn't getting the opportunities because of the character that she was playing, that they didn't see that character as being able to be believable in those settings. And that's something that, like, you know, that's what I think is something maybe you could have... Related to in the sense that not that you were dying to do a hell in a cell match, but you know, but but it is some the blue meanie character wasn't the one where they're like, okay, we're gonna have this super serious bloodbath yeah. style match. Who who could we yeah. put in there? That's gotta be meanie. You know, yeah. he has bloodbath, you know, serious match written all over him, you know. A blue bath, but not blue yes. Yeah. So I gave gold dust a yes. blue bath one time. <laughs> Um, but no, so it's something like that where, you know, um, you know, you're, you're, 
I, I could see you being seen in a certain way. Uh, but like you said, luckily you love being called meanie. You love the character yeah. and it's, you know, it, but it's not the same. You were a comedic character, but no one was ever like, oh, blue meanie. He's the, he's the wimpy nerd. Like, you know, like. Which, which goes to the, uh, the thing where, you know, when I started coaching people or teaching people, uh, like before the monster factory, there's a couple times where I, I coached a couple people at a couple different wrestling schools, just get around, get in, you know, teach them bumps and all this shit. Mm-hmm. And as we're going on, I'm remembering a lot of stuff that I learned at Al's. People are like, man, it's weird. You know, I, I didn't know that you knew how to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it, and it sounds like that's stuff that I try to like ex- say to you in a way that I don't want it to come off as like, you know, like, yeah. oh, I didn't know you were a good wrestler. Like, you know what I mean? But it shows over, pal. Shows <laughs> over. Welcome <laughs> to the last edition of Mind of the Mean. That you should have a role as a producer, in my opinion, somewhere. You should be yeah. doing that because of your knowledge. But we've talked many times that I, I feel like because of your character, you yeah. don't jump out. I remember I went to an NXT show years ago, and there's this kid sitting next to me. He's probably early 20s or something, and he's... And he goes to me, he's like, you know what they should do if they want to make, they want to make raw better. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And he's like, they need to make, uh, they, they need to have stone cold and the rock on the creative team. And I just thought about that. And I was like, that's not just because stone cold and the rock were like the biggest, like that doesn't necessarily, one has nothing to do with the other, you know? And that's the kind of thing is like, I feel like people, if someone was like, hey, we need some real great character work for something kind of comedic and doing that and everything, they would be like, oh, meanie. But if they were like, oh, we need this, you know, hour-long Broadway-style thing, well, you could also do that. But I don't think you're the, you know what I mean? You're not the first name that might pop in their head. And I hope that doesn't sound offensive. And, you know, I'm sure I'm just talking out my mouth, sir. But, like, you know, it's it's kind of, uh, just threw that in there. It's, you know. So did Meltzer. Uh, did you, can I, can I talk for a second? Uh, can I talk for a second about Dave Meltzer? Please do. And I'm going to do something about this on my show because I'm just at this point having fun. Um, <laughs> but that guy, did you hear, and I, I heard it because I wanted, I found it, I wanted to hear it in context, where he said based, uh, about the lack of buildup to the Royal Rumble that he wished that Vince McMahon and uh, Bruce Pritchard and all of them had his work ethic. Wow. And I don't have the exact quote verbatim, but that I'm going to play. Let's play it. How's that sound? Sure. Because I want to have, I think this could be a real, a real conversation. Um, if I can find it somewhere. And uh, full disclosure, I like Dave. I'm, um, you know. But. Then. But sometimes don't be, uh, you know, are you not comfortable uh, doing this? Because I can, you know. No, I'm, no, no, I'm, no, no, please, please do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Um, but, but, like, you know, while you're searching, I'm, I'm uh, it's one, you know, full disclosure, I like Dave. He, you know, he's done good things for the business. But now in this social media age where, 
basically you have to talk, you know, in order for him to make a living, he has to analyze everything mm-hmm. where, you know, even if he, it's something he doesn't want to talk about. He's, he's got to talk about it because he's made this, you know, platform for himself where he's the wrestling guy, but he doesn't have to rest- say some of the things he says. So let, listen to this. Right. Let, okay. Let, let's hear it. Let, let's hear it. This person says, now that the streaming content is bringing in as much money as the TV shows, do you think more effort will be put into the monthly pay-per-views? Seems outside of WrestleMania, a lot of pay-per-view matches have been filler set up at the last minute. Well, that includes the Royal Rumble, by the way. Good Lord, I don't even know what the Royal Rumble card is and where we just had the last bra. I, I had to ask, and I don't even have my answer yet, on, on a couple of questions on the card for, for Sunday. So um, I do not, I, I, I believe the opposite. I believe that the money's guaranteed, and that lowers the incentive. Um, you know, I, I wish they had my work ethic, because <laughs> for me, it would make no difference whatsoever. But I've watched ever since the network, where, where you don't have to, um, you, know, you're, you're, you know, with pay-per-view, you had to promote every pay-per-view because it was an individual buy. So you had to convince people every month that they had to get this pay-per-view, or you're getting no money. With a network... All right, so we'll cut off his shitty audio there. Um, so here's my take he on it. I don't he definitely actually, doesn't have a roadcaster. Um, no, I don't actually disagree. Right? No, like what he's saying. Stance. It was just what? this pompous. Like, remove that line of "I wish they had my work ethic." And look, we all say things we don't necessarily mean, and maybe he didn't right. mean it that way, but like. It seemed like he meant it that way. What he meant by my work ethic was no matter how much money they're paying him, he's still going to work just as hard as if they, as if he was, you know, working for the paycheck, so to speak. Right. You have guaranteed money. You, you, you don't work as hard in some ways. Um, in, in itself, I don't blame him for that opinion. It's a little douchey, but he is kind of douchey. So that's, you know, it is what it is. Bruce Pritchard obviously took a lot of offense to it, but you know, as he replied, as he said anything, uh, he did on, uh, on, uh, something to wrestle. Okay. Kind of, uh, basically it's just kind of become a joke, uh, about how, cause here's the thing. You, you know, nobody works harder in this world than Vince McMahon. Like that is right. the thing that, that we have been told. That's like, been that's been well documented. That uh, the only problem Vince McMahon has is there aren't enough hours in the day. And Bruce you know? Pritchard is being run into the ground um, to the point where he can almost not record his own fucking yeah. podcast because he's at Vince's beck and call and every moment of the day because of Vince McMahon's yes. worth ethic. And that is why to hear Dave Meltzer suggest that because they've been given this billion dollar over five years deal or the, the whatever it is to suggest that now they're just kind of hanging back and not doing anything. Oh, he's saying because they're got the money, they're just coasting. Right. Basically. Now I agree wholeheartedly that, um, I thought their, their buildup was kind of, you know, lacking. Um, hey, hey, but, it, but but the reason why they got the billion dollar deal is because of Vince McMahon's worth yeah. ethic. But here's the thing with it. the build up, though, Manny. Like, 
it was, you could look at it that it was lacking or you could look at it and say, they're in the midst of a pandemic. They never know. We talked about this once before on the show. You never know what, um, who's going to be, who's going to be there. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that they only announced a handful of people for the rumble. First of all, I liked that. Cause and, I had and, no idea well, yeah. who was coming out. That's the whole gimmick of the Royal Rumble yeah. is not knowing who's coming out when. Um, now, and the look, surprises, I, I am the first to be know? critical of their creative. I don't. I think most of it is yeah. very, very bad. That's my honest opinion. It's not. It's not for me. I, I, I think as a whole, wrestling creativity right now as a whole, mm-hmm. there's nothing really that gets my fucking gives me the butterflies to where. Oh man, I got. I can't wait to see this. Right. You know the big the big shows. Not that big show, but like the when? bigger events. Yeah, the big events always get this sentimental, ah, oh, it's Rumble season. Ah, oh, right. it's WrestleMania season. Because it reminds me of my childhood. I think it's sure. childhood stuff. And I watch the show, and it's either good or not. But, like, you know, in retrospect, everybody I've talked to, you know, you know, online or in, you know, people in my inner circle, you know, my fr- I got a small circle of friends that I talk wrestling about. Mm-hmm. We all agree that the rumble was really good this year yeah and you know again we i you know to plug it a little bit we do alternative commentary for the royal rumble and you brought up this point during the royal rumble how hard Mm -hmm. it must be to book an event not knowing who's going to fucking you know fail their fucking covet test like moment dude the kansas city chiefs just had a fucking thing, a COVID scare with their fucking barber. Yeah. Did you hear it's that crazy. story? The, yeah. For Well, for those outside the United States, uh, we, you know, we got the Super Bowl this Sunday. Chiefs versus the Buccaneers. And uh, the Chiefs had like have their own private barber that they had cutting everybody's hair. And the guy was in the middle of a haircut, and they had to run in and pull him out because his test results came, which is like, well, why don't you just wait for his results to come in before he starts cutting hair? And then, and then the the guy who whose hair he was cutting posted a new uh, photo, his social media profile photo, where his half his head shaved. <laughs> I forget. I can't think of the guy's name, but he's like, "Oh, well, I'm gonna have to make this work." And it's like half his head is fucking shaved. But that's the world we live in. Yep. You know, you don't know. Another thing, like I said, about- I just had fr- three friends fucking. Yeah. Get the COVID. And, you know, you just never know. And uh, and he, he wants to shit on, he, he wants to, you know, say, I wish Vince McMahon had my worth ethic. Sorry, first day with the new mouth. Uh, It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and that's the, and, and he, and this is but, my. But here, here, here's the, th- uh, please, 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 please. Please, no. It's like, please. Like, <laughs> if he, t- like he said, he has a valid point. You know, creative is down. It's not the best right now. But then again, we it's it's you can't your fantasy booking for you know uh, you know for a show where you don't know you're, you're going to have people who's going to be available and stuff like that. So Meltzer, I, I had I, I had a thought and it yeah. dissipated. I'm into sorry, the it's my fault. No, 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 I no, no. That's all over just, your toes and no, no, dry. no. That's me, man. This um. Meltzer, That's 47 years old. Meltzer replied to somebody back on February 4th. Um, and uh, he, he was talking about certain things in the booking and all that stuff. And somebody commented, and you know what's happening because you've booked so many territories, right? 
And Meltzer's response to that. Now, I get blocked for asking him to, to rate Meanie Tunes, right? Right. <laughs> Meltzer's yeah. response, though, is <sighs> name three winners of the Booker of the Year Award in the last 25 years who didn't grow up reading me and studied booking from me in some form. So here's wow. my take on that, okay? Wow. First of all, I want to send him a care package because he, at this point, he must have torn his shoulder patting himself on the back, you know? Um, but... <sighs> What like okay? First of all, first of all, first he's got to be a he's got to be playing a character at this point, right? I Online? guess, but or does he really? But does he truly believe? First of all, how do you rate something based on name three winners of Booker of the Year award? That's on that's your award, right? That's your award that you gave, right? You can well you so okay. You gave an award to people that you deemed great bookers because those people read your magazine. Right. Your newsletter, your dirt sheet, whatever you want to call it. I'm going to tell you something. I did not grow up reading The Observer. I had never read The Observer, ever. I was an after mags guy. Yeah. And somehow... I managed to get ideas about the wrestling business and I managed to learn about the business without the, the, the almighty and powerful uh, wrestling observer. So, but, but how do you use it? Somebody actually even commented here, the bookers of the year as voted on by only Dave's subscribers seems like a solid metric to use. That's great. And to, to suggest that, you know, anything about booking because right. your readers voted in your publication to give an award to people who are like-minded. Right. Like, I'm sorry, last time I checked, Vince McMahon was, didn't grow up on The Observer. I'm no. pretty sure Bischoff didn't grow up on The Observer. Uh, no. Paul Poor Heyman guy, maybe yeah. read The Observer. I don't know. But he doesn't strike me as someone who was sitting back really reading The Observer. He was kind of too busy doing things, you know? The, gra the great Graham family who ran Florida yeah. and had booked some of the greatest yep. angles. I'm sure uh, they were around before The Observer. Yeah, uh, Pat I mean. Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson. Huge uh, Observer fan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> lived by The Observer. Every Creator every of finish. the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Every finish he came Rumble. up with, as they say, they said yeah, the Royal Rumble. Exactly. That was one of the things Pat Patterson like, we need to come up with something. And he goes, what would Dave Meltzer do? And, and he goes, I, I, Pat, Pat, uh, listen here, pal. We didn't need something for WrestleMania, uh, for Brett and Sean. Uh, okay, Vince. Uh, but hold on. I'm reading the observer. Vince. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> Good God! Let's uh, who Iron who, Man, Vince. Let's do the Iron Man match, Vince. Yeah, you know. Stu Hart, I know, huge Observer follower when he was booking Stampede. Yeah, it was all just what's Meltzer saying? What's Meltzer saying? That's he was rolling around and there's stacks of them in the dungeon. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, that was pretty much that. That was the. They didn't even have a mat. It was just observers. Yeah, just they were there. bumping on observers. Bumping on observers, and then I mean, oh man, I know the uh, Fritz von Eric. I know he was a big like. That guy couldn't book anything if he hadn't well, consulted a previous uh, month or two of the observer. Well, that's how he uh, got his strength for the claw. You know, just mm-hmm. uh, he built up uh, strength. He got a lot of paper cuts reading the Observer. Yeah, and it just built up this scar tissue that when he slapped on that dreaded iron claw, that the, the blood, you know, the crimson the mo- mask. The most realistic aspect of that would be that he built up the strength in the claw by crumbling up <laughs> the Observer. <laughs> I just, and here's the thing, like you said, like you like Dave, I don't actually have a personal relationship with him at all. A lot of the stuff is kind of tongue in cheek and, and, you know, a lot of it is just kind of fun because I think he was just, I think he's pompous. Uh, I also think he, he negates any, anything that he says that makes sense or is uh, 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 well thought out instantly goes out the window when he says crap like that i i, I just um, yeah he'll say something and you, uh, i'll be on board and then he'll just throw in that monkey wrench and i'm just like oh, 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 oh you know yeah rewind that tape <laughs> just fucking we have devin miller here says it scares me that dave has a direct line to tony khan he does not have a direct line to tony khan there there's no I, I don't believe, I mean, in the sense that I'm sure he could get in touch with him if he wanted to, but Meltzer, like, here's the thing. Tony Khan, he grew up reading that stuff, I'm sure. You know, I'm sure he did. He read everything. But, yeah. but at the Tony same, Khan is a smart dude. Yeah. Um, but Tony Khan's a guy who's going to be able to, we, who's going to weed through the BS. Like anybody, and here's the other thing. What were they reading and studying in the Observer? Nothing. He was never writing There's, about about how I, to book a territory. Everything Dave Meltzer wrote about was stuff that people told him. Mm-hmm. Other people in the business told him, and he gave opinions. He certainly gave opinions. Yeah. So if you're a young person who's going to become a promoter one day, like we've talked about in the past, you know, Al Snow shaped our opinions in a lot of ways of yeah. of what wrestling should be or how a match should be done because we valued his opinion and and he pretty much taught us right but yeah so i understand dave's concept of like well they grew up reading me and believing me much in the way that people who listen who are huge fans of something to wrestle have a disdain for dave Meltzer because of bruce pritchard's view on things but again it's a slanted view and we you know Right or wrong, it is somewhat, you know, slanted. Um, but I just, like, there's at no point where he was teaching anybody anything. Devin says, Tony Khan said on Jericho's pod that Dave called him after the Brody Lee news broke. Well, I'm sure he did. I mean, look, there's a direct line. I, I have plenty of phone numbers in, in my phone. It doesn't mean that I have any power control over anything, you know? Right. So, like... Like I said, nobody's, you know, in the pinch going, ah, oh, shit, you know. But uh, the, 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 in a, in a, if I can relate this to, like, football, 
you know, like I said, Dave reports a lot of stuff that other people in the in the business told him, right? That was happening, and like right now we're in the in the world of COVID, and there's we got the in Philadelphia we got this thing with Carson Wentz and uh, anonymous sources shit like that, and uh, one of my favorite reporters, football reporters, is Ray Dinger. And uh, there's another guy, Les Bowen. It's like it's been hard to get the feel for, like, the locker room and all this other things because it, it's a new world where you can't mm-hmm. be around the players and stuff like that right. and talk to players and stuff. Uh, half of st- the stuff, you know, Meltzer, you know, half the things you know, news reporters report is mm-hmm. based off what players tell them in the locker room. But could those sports reporters go and – call a, a, a game for an NFL team? Sure. Sure. Why no. not? <laughs> yeah. You know? No. You know, I'll see, you know, Ray Dittinger, you know, legendary. <laughs> He's in the Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame as a sports writer. Mm-hmm. I don't see people, you know, going, shit, you know, uh, we're in a, you know, creative run here. Everybody's, you know, you know, onto our game plan. What's Ray Dittinger Right. Uh, or what's Les Bowen doing, you know, uh, now I need some, uh, help on running plays to, uh, get to the, you know, the playoffs or whatever, stuff like that. So in much in the way that you said about how we, uh, look, how we can look back at, uh, you know, events and fans can look at it and they've memorized everything cause they've watched it 10 times and you lived it, you know? Yeah. That's a, yeah. That's what I was talking about but, earlier. Yeah. Yeah. WWE, they're they're in a bubble, you know. They're in their their bubble. You can't yep. not be, you know. You and I both ran uh, indie promotions at one time or another. You're yep. in your indie promotion bubble when you're doing yep. that stuff. Um, it doesn't matter how big, how small. You're in that bubble. Yeah. It is easy for us to look at it and go, "Yeah, that that segment didn't interest me. I really like that. They don't know what they're doing." And it's easy. And I say it all the time. I do things like that. But you have to, at some point, step back and look at how difficult a job it is to be doing creative, to be overseeing creative. And unfortunately, I think the biggest issue with WWE, the biggest issue may actually be, creatively, may actually be Vince McMahon's work ethic but not in the way Dave Meltzer is saying, in the sense that he wants to have his fingerprints on everything. He doesn't want anything to go out on the air that he hasn't seen. And unfortunately, when you're one person, no matter how great and powerful you are, like a Vince McMahon or even a Bruce Pritchard or anything like that, at some point, something's going to slip by you. Some dude, sort dude, of continuity not, is, is not going to work out. Something's going to be confused in, in the process, you know? I was a, I was a victim of this, the said thing you just said, you know? Uh, dude, the Blonde Bitch Project. Mm-hmm. We, we, I, uh, we drove up to Connecticut. Me and Stevie went up to Connecticut. We went to uh, the warehouse, met up with Russo and Ed Ferrara. We went over to Ed Fer- Ferrara's house because it's like in the woods. Mm-hmm. We filmed this great... To me, it was great. The Blonde Bitch Project. Um, it, it, we, at the, we went to the first SmackDown in Kansas City. It played live for the audience. Got a good reaction. The boys on the back gave it a good reaction. The first SmackDown set to air. I'm watching the whole show. And it doesn't air. 
Turns out USA Today did an article uh, on the Blair Witch Project craze. And they said, even WWE is getting the action with the Blonde Bitch Project, which airs on the first SmackDown. This, I think it was Thursday at the time. Vince McMahon caught wind of this. Like, what's this? Well, the blonde, it's a parody of the movie, the blonde witch project. We're doing the blonde bitch project. I never saw it. I didn't see the movie. So since Vince didn't see the movie because he's in the, the WWE bubble, mm-hmm. our segment got scrapped. Yeah. A segment that we drove to Connecticut, <laughs> spent like a whole day filming, aired live to the crowd in Kansas city, got a good reaction. The boys in the back popped. Uh, and I'm sitting there at home, you know, VCR recording, ready to watch, you know, something I'm very proud of. I show up to TV the next week and Ed Ferrara and Vince Russo goes, Vince didn't get it. He just didn't see the movie. So the thing you just said, you know, is worth that. He's so in the WWE bubble, you know, you know, I guess ACD, you know, the, other than ACDC being the most recent band that he's probably into, you know, he he thinks Perry Como's a hot new upcoming act, you know, <laughs> just because he's so tuned into WWE, yeah. whatever's going on in the outside world, he's he probably probably oblivious to just because he's so laser focused on WWE and I just the word is micromanage. Yes, you know the the issue that I have, and then we'll get off of this this Meltzer thing, but the issue that I have with him. And I'll say professionally. I'm not going to say personally because I don't know him personally. And we all have our personas. Yeah. You know. He's a good guy. He's like, he's always been good to me. You know. I mean, he decided to step in front of me and Calvin at a press conference one time when he didn't even have a camera or microphone. Um, So that's cool. You know, Calvin's four foot three. So, you know. um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Small guy. Uh. Four four three four four five. When he's because <laughs> he raises off the foot ground a little. Oh yeah. man! Uh, but anyway, anybody spelling popcorn? Um, but the issue that I have is as I listen to Conrad's shows and as I go back and look at Observer things when you know researching some of our yeah that was extreme shows and things. I have issue with his his manner of delivery. Um, I have yeah. issue with, there's no reason that you can't give an opinion, right? You can give facts, yeah. you can give opinions, and guess what? You can give opinions and call them facts. If that's what you want to do, if that's your, your shtick, knock yourself out. It's basically but, what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's an op-ed, and that's fine. That's, right. honestly, that's fine. Um. The problem I have is when you have things like lines like, and she chopped her in the implants. That's not necessary. That's not necessary at all. You can say she right. chopped her in the chest. You don't have to right. try and be funny. You know, everyone's a comedian, except for the fact that most people aren't funny. So, you know, don't try and be. So he says things like that. The, uh, just off the top of my head, the... Um, one is things based on like a SummerSlam. The Hart Foundation coming to the ring in uh, these new gay jackets. Now, listen, I understand that didn't age well. Uh, wasn't great at the time. You can forgive, I guess, comments like that because it was 1990 and, you know, 
people were not as sensitive to it. But the intent is there. The intent for getting even the 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 homosexual uh, uh, bashing there. Let's let's pretend that there was nothing that that wasn't his intention, right? His intention had nothing to do with the with the gay community. His intention was to insult their jackets, right? Because he called them gay I, jackets that looked like something Michael Jackson would wear. That was what his his line was. Yeah. The. And I say this as someone who does a satirical wrestling news show where you do poke fun at things. I had the line where I said, Vince McMahon, uh, you know, WWE chairman and man whose eye, whose eyeballs are the same color as his skin. Like, you know, there are things that you can, that you say, but I just, I don't know. I also come out and say this is a satirical news show. So I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just a gigantic hypocrite. Maybe I am, and I'm sure in some aspects you could look at things I've said and go, "Well, what about that?" And then I'd have then I'd have to go, "Yeah, you know what? I, I'm an asshole for saying that." But I just that's my my issue with him is he comes up with these things and and again maybe I shouldn't be so hard on him for something that he said 20 years ago because I'm sure we all said things 20 years ago that wouldn't age well to right, today just because right. of how culture has changed but his intent is always to insult the talent and always to belittle the writers belittle the talent belittle the company as opposed to reporting on it there's nothing wrong with saying that fell flat that was not a good segment but when you add your little flavor of crap in there it just to me it's offensive and that's why professionally I'm not a fan of his. Thus ended the rant. And you just brought up a a memory, uh, and, and sort of related. Not Dave Meltzer, but Wade Keller. Uh, we did the TNA did the ECW tribute pay per view, Hardcore Justice. Yeah. And uh, I was invited to do you say it. That's the one you big dogged, right? <laughs> Dude, dude, I spent a couple grand on a vacation, no, which I was set to go in the next day. No, no. Well, f- for those who, th- I'm, th- I'm, I'm replaying this just for uh, <laughs> the folks who may not know this story. Uh, you know, I was invited to do Hardcore Justice, and I turned it down because the day after Hardcore Justice, I was set to go to, I spent a couple grand on a vacation to California. I was like, hey, can you just fix my tickets? Fix my airline tickets. I'll come down, do the show. And then, you know, I'll keep the portion home. You just reroute me, you know, because Bob Ryder owns a travel agency. Should be no problem, right? Okay. They didn't want to do it. Okay. I'm not going to do this pay-per-view. That's fine. That's cool. So they asked me to film something and send it in. So I went down to Todd Gordon's Carver W. Reed. They filmed something with Todd and sent it in. And then, uh, I filmed something outside of Todd's store, like outside, just a little quick little promo, which they air live to uh, the crowd and pay-per-view, duh. So I start reading, like, the reviews of the show. I'm reading uh, Wade Kelter. Wade Kelter. Wade Keller, his pro wrestling torch. And they, they get to my segment where I do a video, where I did my promo, and... Uh, 
Wade Keller goes, when did Blue Meanie become gay? And I read that and I was like, uh, I'm gay? Because I I did a promo? Wow. I did a, why am I gay? Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with being gay. No. Uh, I, but I'm of with Mrs. Not, Mean. I've been with Mrs. Meany years at this point. I mean, we're still together to this day. What about what was it in my promo? My heartfelt promo that I was doing from the heart to the wrestling fans, to the ECW fans, to the TNA fans, the air over uh, pay per view. What made me gay? How was I gay? And I, and you know what? I kick myself because I've seen Wade Keller in person mm-hmm. since then. And I never, I did, like, you know, I could have brought it up and had a huge argument at this indie show. And I was mm-hmm. just like, dude, well, where, where were you coming from with that? Why, and, why did you? And again, it's that other, because I, I it was the question because, was it like a mannerism that he, that, that caught him off guard was it the fact that no you were clue. emotional? Is that, you know, I mean, cause that's a, that's a fun way to look at things. An emotional, uh, a man being yeah. emotional about something makes him gay. Not to mention the fact that just suggesting that a man being emotional makes, makes him gay is being, is, is presenting being gay in a derogatory way. Right. Like that's the thing. Like you're like, Oh, when, when did, you know, he become this way? He used to be better. Right, like that's the right. That's the kind of the the. That's, that's, the, that's the thing that bo- from that. Um, that and that's the thing that bothered me, saying that like gay's a bad thing. Gay's yeah. a, not a bad thing. Why, why am I gay for being? Yeah, like, yeah. like you said, and 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 let's and you, say you were, right? Like let let's say because because here's the other thing. Yeah, you you were you know you're you're not, but he wouldn't have known. But even and if I was, so what? And what if you were? Like, oh, when did Meanie become hey, gay? Hey, well, oh, hey. it was it was right after none of your fucking business. Like it, you know, like look, look. I, I, I have no problem saying that uh Dave Grohl is my man crush. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Yeah. I, I you know there's nothing wrong to saying, you know, uh Paul Rudd's a damn handsome man. Yeah, but he's a celebrity. That's not gay when you're you know <laughs> you're allowed to have sex with someone of the same gender yeah. 15 yeah, well, yeah, times what, if they're a celebrity the 16th time then it's like come on man that's you know you're yeah. gay but 15 times if they're a celebrity you're fine yeah or if they tell uh, you but, they're a celebrity but, um, and that's why i think that's you know it wasn't until i just this is the first time i've mentioned this yeah so so this is the first time i verbalized it and like it, it bothered me mm-hmm. it's, it still bothers me I, to the point where I tried to look it up, and I guess it's behind the paywall in his site now, in like the archives. Yeah. But it's there, and it was on his website for a while because I, I had seen it. But it just really bothered me that, like, just because I'm an emotional guy, that mm. somehow makes me gay, and 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 somehow gay's bad. And there's nothing wrong with being gay, uh, you know. There was a a line in a a, a show that I had done. I was a I did a web series for a number of years and uh, looking back on it. So it's funny, the character that I, the the whole point of the character um, that I was playing there, the whole point was 
I'm saying something's gay. It makes me uncomfortable. Like, oh man, that's so gay. And I even say the thing of like, uh, no, I don't mean like homosexual. I mean like gay, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like making it the, the slang derogatory term. And the whole point was, if you're watching this, you have the other character going like, wow, man, that's, that's offensive. That's not, you know, and this is a scripted thing. I was playing a part. It's not how I actually felt. But looking back on that now, even though, I mean, and again, I was playing a part. It was a script. And I was the one, the, I was the one in the wrong very clearly in the message of the show. But it still makes me uncomfortable looking yeah. back. What I will say is when I was doing it, I knew it's a character. It is what it is. Didn't make me uncomfortable. And that's where I look at things like what Meltzer had said and, and you know, and Keller and stuff. And you can say, okay, these were, this was a decade or two decades ago or three decades ago. And you can forgive a level of ignorance because if the behavior has changed, people can learn, right. people can, right. can not mean harm and then learn that they, they did harm accidentally. And that's okay. That's growing as a person. But still, I look back right. at a scripted thing where I'm playing the, I'm playing the guy in the wrong. Yeah. And it still makes me uncomfortable. So that's to have someone yeah. saying it when they're not playing a character right. is just, I don't know. And I, I, I hope, you know, our listeners are, you know, we're, we're not trying to get preachy or anything here. But it's something that I feel like when you have a voice, when you have a, 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 a platform, right. you need to be a little bit more um, conscious of it. You need to be a little more conscious of that these are real people. Yeah, I get their celebrities and stuff. You know, their stuff melts her with insulting, uh, forget, one of the iconics, weight, you know, uh, a couple yeah. years ago. And it's like, right. you know, which he then backpedaled and said, oh, I wasn't talking about her weight. I was talking about her implants. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. Then you're just a creep. But, like, <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, I never knew that about, um, with Wade Keller. Um, yeah, I, dude. I, I, and I'd I like to believe that today you. he never would have said something like that. I'd like to believe that that was just kind of, uh, again, I like Wade. Culture. I like Wade. But why did you say, well, well. But what was the intention? The intention for getting the, is it appropriate to call something gay, right? For getting that whole argument, it's about the intent. And the intent was to be insulting. The intent was to make fun of you for being emotional. Right. His way of doing so happened to be additionally offensive, but the intent behind it... um, there's no place for it. There's just no place for it. Don't be outwardly, you know, I try to, when I do my show, I try to, when I'm poking fun at something, for the most part, I try to either A, poke fun at people who make a living at poking fun of people because I think that's fair game. Or B, I poke fun at a storyline or a character or something, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I, (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I, no, I'm, I'm up here dis- on my soapbox. Um, it's a good discussion. It's a dis- good discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of good discussions, you want to uh, ask Meanie anything? I would love to. All right. Well, then why don't we go ahead and do that? It's time to ask Meanie anything. Ask me something. 
board. Uh, we had to we had to break this up a little bit. All right. Um, first question here. How do you feel about derog? No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's see. Your favorite been, Judy Garland I, record. What is that? Your favorite Julie? What blue meaning? What is your favorite Judy Garland record? Uh, <laughs> Man, when did the blue meaning? What's your cut? What's your <laughs> What's your what's your opinion on pastels? Uh, <laughs> Blue. Say no to day glow. Uh, <laughs> we mean to give him fashion tips. Uh, Ivan Rivers. Uh, at the which I don't advise. Uh, which I don't advise taking fashion tips from me because I have no sense of fashion. Well, it, it's it's a style. Daisy Dukes. Uh, even though shirt. I do like shows like Project Runway, and yeah, you have no sense of fashion. I mean, look at you wearing a pro- T-shirt and a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> As someone who, uh, doing a show with somebody with a T-shirt and a hoodie. Yep, I am uh, wearing a T-shirt and a hoodie. Join Patreon.com slash Mind of the Meanie to see all of my many T-shirts and hoodies. Yeah, Meanie, and Meanie is, is dressed like me for Halloween right now is basically what's happening. <laughs> um, uh, what? What are you? Is that a Van Halen shirt you're wearing? Yes, sir. Perfect. Because Ivan Rivers wants to know what are your thoughts on the Van Halen album Balance? Pretty excellent Hager effort rock and roll record. No, no, dude. Seriously, I, um, people ask me my. Fa- I just said this on Twitter not too long ago. Balance is like my favorite. Somebody asked me my favorite da- uh, Dave and fa- favorite Sammy era, and my favorite Sammy era is Balance. And um, uh, foreign lawful carnal knowledge, which is an acronym for fuck, you know, you know, they're like, hey, let's call well, our album fuck. So a lot they, of fuck they, right they there. An acronym for fuck. We lost foreign the lawful carnal He's... knowledge, which uh, okay, a little inside baseball. I just well, folks, uh, got kicked out of ecam. We seem I'm to be having to somewhat of an internet issue. Which is confusing because we are H-A-R-D wired. Let's see what's going on here. Welcome back. We had it. It popped up that we were were having an internet situation, which we are hardwired here. I Um, am hardwired. But uh, that's fine. Uh, Uh, But it ended on the word fuck. So if you want to pick it up from where you left off. Yeah, just uh, write down that time cue. Nah, we'll just keep it in. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, because yeah, fuck it all. You'll you you'll, you hear my end of it because uh, I, I still oh, yeah. play by play. I was like, <laughs> I forgot we're working. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Uh, you know what? I'm not even gonna check for this time period. I have no. I wonder what we're gonna hear because you're actually. I forgot we're recording separate things. Yeah, you're gonna hear both of us. Yeah, and we'll. You're gonna hear me it. going. Oh, we lost the meanie, and you're meanwhile gonna be. <laughs> Going the you're, fuck you're, is going? You're me, oh, so uh, I've been kicked offline. And uh, <laughs> all right, cool. Very, I hope uh, all of you enjoyed listening to whatever the fuck just happened. Uh, so, Meanie, you were saying? Oh yeah. So uh, my two favorite Van Halen, Sammy era uh, Van Halen albums are Balance mm-hmm. and Four Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, which is an acronym for the word f- fuck. You know, F-U-C-K, Foreign Lawful Cardinal Knowledge, mm-hmm. which I think they, uh, Sammy got the idea from um, the boxer Vinny Panzienza. He's from, Sammy used to be a boxer, and he's big into boxing, and he's friends with, uh, no, I'm sorry, Ray Boomu Mancini. 
gave him that one because him and Vinny Penzienza were like in the same era, so I got confused. But uh, Ray Boom Boom, uh, Ray Boom Boom Mancini was like, well, you know what for unlawful carnal knowledge stands for? It means fuck, you know? So they called it, they wanted to call their album fuck. But yeah, Balance is an amazing record. Uh, Eddie's tone on that album is heavier. It's probably like some of the heaviest shit he does. You know, if you hear Don't Tell Me What Love Could Do and all that stuff and just... There's actually an instrumental piece on there too, which I can't pronounce the name of. Man, uh, that sounds sounds a lot like me doing a uh, pro wrestling Noah uh, interview with Sonny Ono yesterday for fight. Oh, really? Yeah, just not being able to pronounce the name. So I'm going <laughs> to throw that in there uh, for anybody checking that out who is a, a Japanese or a Japanese wrestling fan. Uh, my sincerest apologies. It's like uh, the, the instrumental is called. I'm not even gonna fucking start try. It it begins with a B, and ends with an M, and I can't pronounce it. But uh, it, I, wait, are you looking it up? No, I have no idea. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> I thought it, it, it's like the name of a dinosaur or whatever. But like the sound, it this the instrumental's great. Uh, unfortunately, that was their last yeah. full album with Sammy, uh, and unfortunately, my favorite Van Halen Sammy era song is. You know, uh, Humans Being off the Twister soundtrack, mm. which uh, wound up being the song that broke them up, you know. But, uh, yeah, uh, Balance is a great record, man. Uh, definitely one of my favorite Sammy-era records. Of course, uh, I have to say, by law, my favorite Dave record is Fair Warning. And probably my favorite album all around is Fair Warning, just because... Uh, and like I said, I've been listening to uh, this podcast called Running with the Dweezil. Dweezil's app is doing a, a Eddie Van Halen tribute podcast. And re-listening to that album, th- you know, from you know, Dweezil's breaking down the album with uh, Nuno Betancourt from Extreme, and listening to them break it down, and then hearing, like, these them pointing shit out, I'm hearing it with a whole new set of ears. Sure. You know? I mean, it's no, I mean, I mean, they probably should have called Dave Meltzer. Yeah, to, well, you know, I mean, if they really want to, well, they pro- you know what though, they don't have to because they probably grew up watch or uh, reading the Observer, and they yeah. know all about music. Well, I, I grew up reading uh, Guitar World, mm-hmm. and uh, there you go. Now you can book any. Even though I can't play, I, I can't play guitar, but I bought every Guitar World because Eddie Van Halen was on it. But right. so, you know, next time, you know, if I ever had the chance to uh, meet Eddie again, I should have given him some uh, some pointer instructions. Yeah. Yeah, some pointers. Yeah, Eddie, this tapping thing. Yeah, eh, I don't know. It's not. It's not for you. Eddie. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to work for you. Uh, R.J. Krasinski. Yes. Uh, congratulations on last week's uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, that was John Krasinski. Okay. Um, ah! R.J. Krasinski. Uh, ETA on when the figures will be sent out. Uh, so that's a question for you. I have an ETA that I am not allowed to share, but here's what I will tell you. We have it promoted as summer of 2021. Yep. Since we're recording, I might have a fresh one. Hold on. Give it to me. Wow! Oh my! Hold on! Fuck! 
those who are. <laughs> okay. Patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. $5 will get you in the door to watch. The blue meanie just dropped his headphones like somebody just called him out at the commentating table. The man got up, grabbed a pillow to wave out his room, and he's back. He doesn't even have his headphones back on yet. Wow. Welcome, welcome back. Those headphones dropped. The crowd went crazy. But, uh... Fuck me. I guess the button... If we're going to fart into a microphone... Don't sit down right away into the fucking cloud. You just fucking. You need a fart mic because yeah, you can't be. First of all, that's how you get pink eye. (laughs) Brown eye. Uh, That's how you get brown eye. Oh man! So, dude, I've been teasing this fart mic concept for a while now. It's episode fifty's coming up. Uh, Hey, big announcement for episode fifty. We'll let you know in a couple weeks. Um. Trying to blow fresh air up oh. my nostrils. Fresh air through your nostrils? You don't have fresh air from your mouth? <laughs> it smells better than what came out of my ass. Oh. I, saw, I, was, I was so high-pitched, I was waiting for a fucking beluga whale to fly through my fucking windows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hello, Beluga. <laughs> I hope, this is the episode where I hope people tell their friends, go, yeah, you should listen. They had, uh, near the end, they had a really serious conversation. Just skip ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, as well, far there, as the figures the, go. Um, there goes our Nobel Prize. Uh, yeah. So as far as the action figures go, uh, we had been promoting summer of 2021. So this summer... Um, at the rate, we don't want to like change really the promotion because you know we'd rather because anything can happen still with COVID with all you know any anything can get screwed up. What I will say is they are months ahead of schedule, yeah. so I can't say exactly how many months ahead of schedule, but um, we are getting close. Uh, so I'm excited. Uh, I am, uh, yeah, I am very excited for this. Um, it's, I actually opened up, opened up the Nick Aldis the other day. Nice. I had a mint on card. And then as I was displaying, does it, does things, it come had, with the belt? Does he doesn't come, come with, the belt? with the belt. This belt, okay. uh, came with like an old, uh, I think it came with like a Christian cage TNA figure. Okay. Um, and I, I found it. Years ago, when I first did my shelf, and I had worked with Nick when he was NWA champion, like I think the first time I interviewed him. And so I just kind of had this sitting on the shelf representative of Nick Aldis, the fact that I interviewed the NWA champion. So then I figured, I just put it over his shoulder. I mean, it's perfect. It works great. But what the reason I'm saying this is holding the actual figure in my hand night and day from the prototype. This really? is heavy. It's, I mean... It's just, this is real, the material of it, like this, it's just, I'm so excited. The paint, the way that it's painted is so different. The the decals and stuff, the deco on here is so, is applied so differently than a hand-painted prototype. 
I am just that much more excited for this. The, I, That's I'm, awesome, man. I am so psyched for these figures. I'm jealous. Uh, I'm Josh. Quite on. Um, ah! <laughs> zinger. Uh, but no, so they're coming uh, coming soon. Um, I'd say right now they're breathing heavy. Um, but uh, but they they're not coming yet. I have nothing to add. <laughs> okay, let's scroll through some other things here. Uh, I almost whited out on that fart, man. Oh, yeah, that didn't that didn't look good. Uh, I pushed so hard, I saw white. I was like, oh. Um, I had to grip my chair. I was like, oh. Here's a. Uh, I do want to say this isn't a question, but James Sorensen. Uh, hey, James. Um, he said he got my "I Inspire Myself" shirt. Uh, always great t-shirts and great items. Dude, I didn't even remember that that is a shirt that we offer. But, yeah. We're, awesome, we're horrible man. salesmen. We're horrible um, salesmen. Yeah, buy those shirts or whatever. Um, yeah. We're working yeah, on, we're going to have some better commercials soon. Yeah. And I think those will be enjoyable. Um, yeah. But, uh, so, for now, just go to com slash Mind of the Meanie. Anyway, RJ Krasinski, he's, uh, guess who's back, back again. Uh, RJ's back with a Tell question. A uh, what are both of your thoughts on workers kicking out of their opponent's finisher on a consistent basis? Meanie. Uh, I think we've had this conversation with the Jimmy Snuka thing. I think on, we, uh, that uh, was extreme. That was extreme. Episode two available now for free over at adfreeshows.com. Us and the great Joel Gertner. We absolutely broke this. Uh, uh, we talked about it a little bit. It was on the, uh, this part's not free. It was on the Q&A that we did where we That's went right. into a great detail um, yeah. about right. about that. Uh, thank you, everyone who joined us for that. That was a blast. Um, uh, well, we went love great, the fam- I love, love the crew over at Every Show. Yeah, and I uh, love that there's which, a lot of uh, crossover crew there. A lot, a lot of, of our, our pod, pod squads squad, over Yeah, there. which is always great. Which to, is cool. You feel like all your friends showed up to this thing, which is awesome. We um, we we didn't we we've we didn't feel alone in no, the venture. No. Um but uh yeah, kicking out on finishers, uh like I, when Tommy Dreamer kicked out of Snooka's Superfly Splash, it meant something because it was hardly ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh when it when it's done sparingly it's impactful, but mm-hmm. when it's done often, then it becomes a formula. It becomes form formulatic. Is formulaic. That a formulaic. For, formulaic. Thank you, that's Professor. Sure enough, that's what I'm here for. Um, but like, I then I I start re- remembering back to you know watching all Japan pro wrestling where a guy would hit his finisher and the guy would kick out and then the guy would just grab the guy and hit him with it again and the guy would kick out and maybe like the fourth. time. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's like the it was, it was like a formula for like all Japan back in the day. Like, all right, I'm gonna hit you with the fucking clothes. You know the uh, you know the lariat. The guy kicks out like halfway and then gets up, but, fucking hits him with again. He can't, he keep hitting him to you know if, you know. But uh, but the thing is, it's like he, if the finish is the move that you do better than anybody in the world. That's like the right. idea, right? Like you do this better than anybody. That's like. 
Jake Jake Roberts said it best when he said, you know, all these people kicking out of DDT just makes mine make, makes mine look even better. Yeah. The fact that like he when he hit it, people stayed the fuck down. Now these guys today are hitting it and kicking out. How good could it be? Yeah. You know? Um, I, I don't like it when it's done overly done, you know, because then it's not a finisher. It's a part way or, or, you know, whatever. <laughs> a finisher means finish, yeah. right? Uh, signature move, maybe. Uh, but when it's overdone, it's just like you're just bastardizing it, you know. You know, you're going, you're going to that well one too many times. Yeah. Um, uh, James Sorensen asks, uh, top five rock groups you listen to on the regular. Holy shit. That's a tough one. Uh, probably we had to, well, Van Halen's number one, you know, I usually say Van Halen's my number one band. Everybody else is fighting for second spot, second place, which is a line I stole from Jr. Uh, well, Jay, like Jay, when uh, they were doing the, uh, was it not tough enough? Uh, Brawl for All. Jr. was like, uh, Steve, you know, Steve Williams going to win this. Everybody else is fighting for second place. Uh-huh. Uh, that's where I, I I'd heard him from, say but, that about Bobby Heenan. Oh, well, that's He's the greatest like manager and all that stuff of all time. He's yeah. Number one. Ever, yeah. Yep. And it's true. Uh, but in my case, Van Halen's number one, everybody's phone. So, okay, here's my top five. Uh, Van Halen, uh, I'm in love with the Foo Fighters. Their new album just dropped. Um, Pearl Jam, uh, they get me in the, uh, the feels. Uh, sorry, this is a little delayed, but. <laughs> keep answering that, that is such a big Foo Fighter song. Uh, uh, Van Halen, Pearl Jam, uh, Foo Fighters. Because, um, I, dude, I wake up, like, I'll wake up in the morning, I'll have, like, a random 80 song stuck in my head. Like, I've had my networks, it's a mistake playing in my head all day today. Um, Fuck. I had men at work uh, working on my kitchen <laughs> all day yesterday. You had a man at work uh, install the wrong carpet. Yeah, uh, but I got the right carpet now. Matches the drapes. <laughs> no, my, I, I'm so, I love this carpet now. It's so nice. I wish you could all see my office, but I'm too lazy to show you. <laughs> uh, when it's all done, when they're done cutting a hole in my wall and I cover it over with something, uh, I'm going to do now that I'm over a thousand, uh, YouTube subscribers for so says Chernoff, uh, I am going to do the behind the scenes, like the making of an episode. And it's going to kind of be what the making of the old way of doing it when I was at the, uh, at the school, at the studio yeah. and the way that we do it now, uh, by we, I mean me by myself here. So it'll be a lot of fun, uh, to do. And with that, you'll get to maybe at some point we'll do separate from that. That'll give you a little peek, but uh, maybe we'll do if anybody cares. Maybe I'll do a tour of my office at some point. Yeah, like a Patreon exclusive. No one gives a shit anywhere else. So um, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, 
So that was yeah. I'm I'm stuck on that. There's like the top three, and then like everybody else is just like. Well, uh, Vanessa Bell has a Van Halen question. Sure. Uh, Are you aware of any yet to be released songs that are maybe just sitting in a vault somewhere? Dude, that was the thing with uh, when Eddie died. You know, people kept asking. Wolfgang was doing the uh, doing a the press circuit like a month later, and Everybody says about the vaults, and of course he uh, shyly said, "You know, he said, well, uh, if no, my dad, he probably said if it was good enough, it's already out.' But again, back to the Stweezel Zappa podcast I've been listening to. He had uh, Steve Vai on and Paul Gilbert on, and they've heard some of you know the stuff Eddie has in the vault, mm. and uh, like." Paul Gilbert was saying, you know, Eddie, I, w- I went over to 5150 and Eddie played me some of the new, this is like when Sammy was in the band. He's like, Eddie's playing me the new songs, just the, the music. But then he plays me the same song, but he's playing the the vocals on guitar. Kind of like a Joe oh, Santriani, wow. like yeah. Joe Santriani will play guitar and then he'll do like a vocal line, but with guitar. All that stuff's in the fucking vaults too, so um, I'm hoping. I'm no rush. I mean, dude, Wolfie's dad just passed, but one day in the future, I hope Wolfie and Alex, Eddie's brother, go to fifty one fifty and uh, go through the vaults. There's a process they say to those old tapes where those old reel to reel tapes you have to bake the tapes in an oven to kind of get everything to go back together. Like I, if it just sits there for a while, some of the, the parts of the tape kind of come undone. I don't know what the process is, but they have, and I've heard Eddie say this too. You got to bake the tapes to, you know, make them usable again. And then there was a, there was an interview with Eddie where he said he was cataloging everything that he had on, the fucking in the vault and then his computer crashed and they couldn't recover the hard drive. <laughs> so, but like, if you want, like go to uh, Wolfgang Van Halen's, uh, Instagram, there's a, he did a really cool photo of his dad playing piano. Mm-hmm. And then like, there's a photo of him at the same piano playing. It's like a really cool black and white photo. But in the background, there's a wall from the floor to the fucking ceiling of just fucking tapes. Just sitting there. Just sitting there, and I would, dude. If I had any inkling of how to do that, I would just go in there and do it for free, just for the fucking yeah, right. The, the discovery, and then there's stuff coming out now. Um, after Eddie passed, somebody released a a song. Um, I forget the producer's name, but he was doing a Jimi Hendrix uh, tribute album, and he just released the Eddie thing, uh, Eddie playing Jimi Hendrix. If six was nine. Oh, wow. And somebody's singing. I, they, they, they had somebody doing the vocals. I don't know who, but hearing Eddie play Jimi Hendrix fucking melted my headphones. It was amazing. Oh. It was do amazing you, stuff. Do you have a link to that? Uh, I can get it. Yeah. Can, or if, get... just go on, go on YouTube, Eddie Van Halen, if six was nine, it'll come right okay. up. It's, a, it, it, yeah, it's on that, YouTube. I want to hear that. Um, fucking fucking amazing but there's like 
like when Prince died, all these leaks start coming out because mm. like Prince recorded every if, like Eddie. Eddie has his home studio. Prince has a home studio, but his whole, according to Kevin Smith, who went to Prince's estate, every house was, every room in the house was mic'd for sound. So like if Prince is on the toilet, toilet taking a shit. And the next Raspberry Beret comes out. He just has to sing out loud, and it's recording. And then he can just go record that tape. So, Raspberry all these Beret, leaks is that what he called his shit? Yeah. <laughs> so so but, he uh, had a fart mic. Yeah, Prince had a fart mic. That's the name of the episode. Yeah? Prince had a fart mic. Uh, uh, I saw another suggestion of a name of the episode, but I don't know. I don't remember. I was thinking. Uh, oh, that's I how you get you pink eye. Okay, let's go with that. Okay. That's it. That's um, it. But uh, <laughs> there was uh, a couple ones. I was like, I was going to say, should we call this, is it poison? Or uh, <laughs> That's how you get pink eye. That, you, that, yeah, that was RJ. Write, write, that one. write it down so you don't forget. I'll write it down. Right now. Oh, you know what? I'll use this pink unicorn pen that I stole from my daughter so that I could hang things on my wall. Adorable. Um, Does she still give you the fucking... I'm looking at you thing. She hasn't done that in a while. Oh. Maybe she's not watching anymore. No, when she goes silent, that's when you have to that's worry. That's when you worry, yeah. She's yeah. been adorable. Every day she every day she dresses herself as soon as she gets up and she comes in with um like today she's like, I decided that I would wear a tutu and a short sleeve shirt so I could look like my doll Molly. And she just looked there adorable. I mean, these are definitely not clothes that she's supposed to be wearing anymore. Like, they're way too small, and, like, yeah. she's just, and nothing matches. It's, hey, yeah, it's great. And, um, and some cold, and some fashion worlds, that's avant-garde. Yeah. So. No, she's she's adorable, though. These poor kids, man. This, I just, I feel so bad for them. I want them to just get out and see friends and go to school and experience. Well, here's the thing. You know, yeah, that's the thing. Like, uh, like, you know, my inner George Carlin, you know, he's like, you know, remember when you were a kid, you just go out in the fucking yard and play with a stick. You might dig a fucking hole, play with some dirt. Yep. Look at, look out the window and daydream. Do people, kids even know what a fucking stick is anymore? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. They make them in China and they, uh, they, they, they're covered in lead and they give you poisoning or whatever, <laughs> you know, just give you lead poisoning or whatever. But yeah, the inter- yeah, dude. When I was a kid, you just go out and you just fucking get dirty and play and just yeah. let your imagination take you somewhere. I mean, it's, it's great it's, to see what they've what what my kids have been able to do with their imagination being kind yeah. of like stuck in the house, especially in the winter. You know, thing they were out playing in the snow the last few days, but um, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. We're getting more snow. Looks like. Uh, how bad did snow. you get hit? Because I know uh, it was it was. Uh, Maybe, because we got nailed doing the Royal Rumble uh, alternative commentary. Yeah, let's see. Um, <laughs> I would say, as we you probably, bust out a ruler, we were probably what, what? about twelve inches, maybe eight to twelve. I know that seems like asshole. a big difference, but it's tough to tell because you know, as soon as you know, depending on where your house is and where the wind is, you know, some stuff is some stuff was above twelve, some stuff was as low as eight. So maybe like you know, like nine. My- my street is so my street is so weird. I got I'm on a small si- South Philly side street, mm. and it's like a wind tunnel. It's like a 
Yeah. And there's been times where I'll have like a foot of snow in front of my house. And my yep. neighbor has nothing because all his snow blew over to my <laughs> side of the street. Yeah. Know? So that's where it becomes kind of tough to tell like how many, Yeah. how much, but I will tell you, uh, shoveling was a pain in the ass because this snow was so heavy. What, it was, yeah, it, rained. it was so damn heavy. And then sleet, where sleet. they plowed the street, I had to get at the end of my driveway. They plowed it. Well, dude, that was like two feet up because they yep. plowed everything up. And, and, uh, so I had to shovel that. And then I, was I, I dug my like car out and then I dug my car out and then like in South Philly, they never usually never plow our street. And then, like, it was, like, 4 in the morning. Tracy shakes me shakes me awake and goes, they're plowing. They're plowing. And I was like, oh, great. I'm just going to have to dig my car out again. <laughs> um, what? Yes. We have buried in the snow in our front, uh, like, where we would put the trash out. Uh, the uh, workers, brother, brother, they put, uh, <laughs> they put the uh, dishwasher, our old dishwasher, um, out on the curb. And, uh, and then it snowed and we, so I actually have a picture of my son with his little toy shovel digging out the, uh, like trying to dig out the dishwasher. Uh, so a futile, a uh, a futile gesture. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey well Mitchell, attentioned. uh, hey, Jeffrey. hey, Jeffrey Mitchell, uh, when all this blows over, can we have doop, a, doop. uh, retro mania wrestling video game tournament at McCusker's? While you do a live podcast, that, that sounds seems like something that we could absolutely try and organize with. Uh, they have they have a huge, yeah yeah yeah. They have a huge projection screen, which would be perfect for that. I think we do a lot. I think we could do a live show, and I think that that could be um, maybe a portion of the live show or a separate live show or something where you and I basically do alternative commentary. To <laughs> to people playing in a tournament, we can do the alternative commentary. It's kind of what I want to say. Maybe it was James Sorensen way back in the day. For uh, asked if we could do it for uh, a different video game, but but that could actually be a lot of fun. Super since, I mean, it Super makes Fire Pro, I think it was Fire Pro. Super yeah, Fire Pro. but that could be a lot of fun if if people can sign up for a tournament, kind of like a first come first serve sign up deal, yeah. and yeah. we do a retro a retromania. Thing and I, I, you know what? I'm gonna it's a good write idea. that down. Put that in my uh, live show ideas. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, the dingbat returns. Have you seen his documentary? Oh, that got me. Yeah, it was great. Yoko, Yokozuna's documentary is probably where I'm up there is one of my favorite docs so For far. For me, watching or ever, yeah. Watching, I mean, I love the documentary. Watching Afa, I haven't seen Afa in person in so yeah. many years. And as I've mentioned on here before, uh, I originally trained at the Wild Smell and Training Center. I trained mm-hmm. with Afa uh, and Samu, and um, it was a, a great group over there. But, you know, this was uh, in 2001 when I trained with Afa. So, yeah. I mean, he looks so different now. Um, yeah. And I guess I do too, but... Um, but it was, it was like, it kind of got me just watching him there talk and, you know, I was like, oh man, I miss him. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know the next time I'll get a chance to see him. I, I hope I get to see him at some point, you know, in, yeah. when things open back up. Uh, yeah. he was supposed to be at, at like an eighties con thing or something. 
uh, yeah. that I believe got canceled. Um, I was maybe, uh, I, I wasn't I, able I was to on, go. I was going to go to that, and I was excited to go to that because Andre's the Giants' daughter was going to be. Yeah, there. but it got canceled, right? Yeah, it got yeah, canceled. it got canceled from it. Yeah, so I was excited. I was going to get to see Afa for the first time, and God, I probably saw him about fifteen years ago, maybe. Um, yeah. was the last time I saw him, but so that was fun to watch. But uh, the Dingbat returns, right? Uh, was there a wrestler you saw live that just blew you away with their in-ring skills? Oh my God. Um. Most recently, probably be Ricochet, but uh, just the evolution of like fly, you know, flyers and people who can move in the ring and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, first time, uh, oh, I saw in person, so that's uh, that eliminates Dynamite Kid because uh, first time I saw Dynamite Kid versus Tiger Mask on tape blew my fucking mind. And then later on, you know, you see a guy like Ricochet. Uh, what, what, what was the match with Ricochet? Was it with Zack Sabre Jr.? That made it, it. That made it to ESPN. It was like this match in Japan. It, I'm trying to think, but like Ricochet does stuff that I'm just like, like yeah, good luck trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> He does things that, like, if I saw it in a video game, I'd be like, oh, there's no way somebody can humanly do that. Yeah, that's not real. Person. That's not real. Nobody can really do that. And never could she does it. Yeah. Just it's like, like well, a fuck uh, me. NBA Jam type. Uh... I'll, I'll say Ricochet, man. Because uh, besides the fact that he's a great dude, but, like, watching him in person and watching that just, like, yeah. right in front of you, it's like, holy shit. For me, uh, so, George South. Uh, Travis, um, George, George South was a hell of a, oh, I know George South. I was in many years at the WrestleCade in North Carolina. I was in the George South, uh, battle Royal, (laughs) which was fun. I met him at, at, uh, at Starcast. Uh, great guy, actually. Great guy. Um, he's amazing guy. But yeah, this, you know, this, as far as athletic ability, ricochet, I mean, Workability, fucking Eddie Gilbert, you know, just fuckability. Um, so viscera. <laughs> uh, Travis Steenstra over here on patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. Uh, was there ever a time when, and this is something I think we've talked about before. Uh, was there ever a time when you considered changing the look of the blue meanie, different ring gear, new makeup design, was it just a case of if it ain't broke, don't fix it? So we talked about, it, and I mean, that. you did change it up at some point. Yeah, um, and that was just like uh, after they released me, and Jim Ross was like, "Go home, put on a new coat of paint, and mm-hmm. come back, and maybe we'll." I was like, I literally took that literally. I switched up my face paint. And, uh, there was a part where I got released, uh, and I was still the blue me, but I wasn't really the blue meanie, which you know during the three PW years, which kind of hate that I did as, as kind of my fuck it years, you know, eh, fuck it. You know, I was like the, I was like, you know, the, the dejected clown that was just like, <laughs> yeah, drunk at a kid's party, you know, uh, yeah, I was a blue meanie, but like, you know, I wasn't the blue meanie. So, uh, yeah, I, I've, I switched it up, but then, um, uh, when, uh, you know, one I stand came around, 
I figured, well, I got to go back to that, that look. And once yeah. I put that, the, the old familiar face paint back on and the Daisy Dukes and the shirt, it's like, yeah, I should probably stick with this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, you, you, you change the, like the best, the only time you should really change your gimmick is like if you're on TV, you know I mean? Whatever you, you did last on TV, that's pretty much what you're going to be for, for forever. Because if you change it up and then like you start doing indies with a whole different, a whole different look and people are like, Oh, that's not the blue meanie. I remember uh, the last person I saw on TV. So if like I went back on TV and switched things up, then you know, that's what I would be. You know, uh, I, last time I was on ECW TV was the blue boy. Uh, but you know, uh, thankfully, you know, I went back to trying to be the blue meanie and, Thankfully for one night stand, I was able to bring that look back and stick with it, you know. So, mm. yeah, I've I've done it. It's just uh, that you know, as a the, as a wide the vintage man, look is what it it is what it is. As a wide man once said, and this is Mark Mastum talking about, you go with what works. Yeah, um, I remember him telling me that. Uh, uh, Anthony Camarada says, I can't remember if it was talked about before. Does Meanie like? The show Coast to Coast AM. Oh yeah, and Art who Bell. is and who is his uh, preferred host? Art Bell or George? Nor- uh, I can't read. Nori? George Nori. Yeah, yeah he, Art very, Bell. Very small. Art Bell. Art Bell. Yeah, um, Art Bell, hands down. From um, west of the Rockies. If you're on the east of the east of the Rockies, use the east of the Rockies line. <laughs> Um, dude, uh, here's some useless knowledge. Please. There's a, a, a call on Dart Bell show, coast to coast AM, whatever. And this guy said he was from area 51 and they were triangulating his call. He is, he used to work there and the government was after him and the arts talking to him. He's like, there is, this guy's panicked and I'm listening to this. I'm listening to this live. And he's like, they're triangulating my call. They're finding me, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden his phone cuts out. And Art's like, you know, hello, hello. Oh, what happened, you know? <laughs> and then they took that call and Tool put it at the end of one of their albums. That's like, awesome. The song ends and they play the, uh, they have like a, a little bit of, like a, you know, they played a little bit of that call and, on yeah. the Tool album. I forget which song it was, but it's pretty cool. But it's cool. I, I heard that live as it happened. That's very and cool. Like, it was like it was kind of like you know my version of uh, Orson Welles' yeah, War of the Worlds. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh my god, what happened to the guy? And uh, yeah, I discovered Art Bell through uh, my grandma. She would listen to him. I would hear him in the other room talking about UFOs and ghosts and the chup- chupacabra ah, and the stuff chup- like that. Chup- I was like, chupacabra. yeah, can't even say this yeah. shit right now. Uh, like, man, what are you, man, chup- what are you listening to? And then I start listening to it, you know, chupacabra, right? Yeah, not the BQ, not like Chumbawamba, but chupacabra. Chumbawamba. We already had, we did that episode already. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, question. Oh, James Sorensen asked Josh, how was Umaga when you met him? Uh, I never actually met Umaga. Um, I think if I. Did it was long before the Umaga days, and it was like the which one was he ECMO or 
Um, and it, and it would have literally been like me as a trainee coming up and like shaking a hand, like shaking his hand and being like, hello, I'm, I'm Josh. Nice to meet you. Um, and, but I, I'm, I, and I know that sounds terrible. I don't know if I, you have to remember at the time, there were a lot of people who came in and out, uh, and a lot of Samoans <laughs> came in and out. And if you didn't know, well, they're all they're, they're all related. And if you, you know, didn't know who it was, I wouldn't have like retained. You know, there were there were plenty of family members that I met, uh, but if I didn't know who they were, I didn't necessarily retain the the memory of meeting them. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but uh, never heard anything bad about him ever. Um, uh, did you ever meet Umaga? I'm sure I did, uh, but you know. All, you know, all the reports is, you know, he was a sweetheart of a guy. Uh, I definitely remember being with Rosie because mm-hmm. uh, he was in ECW. Um, he was in the Samoan gangster party. Right. feuded with the gangsters. And after uh, ECW, we kept seeing each other on the indies and stuff like that. And then once he got called up to WWE, started doing the Rosie gimmick. Well, he was doing a three-minute warning. Yeah, what is it? three-minute warning what? first, yeah. Well, I mean, well, that warning. was, I mean, he was Rosie. It was Rosie and Jamal right. in Three Minute Warning. And then he went into the superhero and training and stuff. Yeah. So I was so happy for him. I was so happy yeah. for him. And then you hear stories of Shane Helms talking to him about, like, talking about him where he uh, had, like, his own, like, self-doubt, which, you know, we all have as performers. Sure. But, uh, yeah, sweetheart of a guy. Um, Last two questions here. We'll sure. do one uh, from Twitter, and then we'll we'll jump back to one more from uh, from James. Uh, Chris at Chris WD two thousand nine. What is the best and worst thing about being in the wrestling business? Uh, well, best thing is just uh, you know, just I mean, it's always been my dream to be a wrestler. And the, to be in the business and uh, have an idea, formulate it, and then executing it, and then watching people react to it. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. But when it it's great, it's very uh, euphoric. You know, you know. There's some things I watch back on, I and sometimes I watch me. Sometimes I watch the crowd, and I watch the stuff that's going on around me that I wasn't aware of at the time happening around me. And uh, appreciate it with a whole new, you know, sense of eyes. Uh, worst thing, uh, probably the travel. No, not the travel, but just like there's a certain Groundhog's Day of effect that goes on, you know. Uh, and there was a point where I was on the road a lot, and when I got home, I didn't know how to react to being home. Right. Like, I would come home, like, I would be away for two weeks, come home for two days, go out for another couple weeks, come back for a day, whatever. And there would be times where i come home, and I, instead of going home, I would just go to a hotel and get a room just to kind of feel normal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, yeah, there's definitely a, you know, Groundhog's Day slash, uh, uh, what's that called? Shawshank Redemption quality to the wrestling business. Yeah. To where, uh, you know, there's, you know, certain things that happen, you know. You know, 
you know, uh, you get released by WWE and you're working the independent scene. Somebody out in the wild sees you, hey, Blue Meanie, why'd you quit wrestling? <laughs> yeah. I didn't quit. I didn't quit wrestling. I'm still wrestling. There's wrestling uh, outside a, your yeah. television set. Which, which, is a is a, which is a great shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie, which Mrs. Meanie designed for me. Uh, yeah, people f- assume that if you're no longer on TV, you quit wrestling, which I, I always say if, you know, an actor stopped making movies and went and wor- start working strictly Broadway plays, he's still an actor. Yep. You know, so, yeah, there's, and it's, that's no fault of anybody. It's just... You know, it's just a, a thing that people assume, which is something that I hate <laughs> being asked. You know, why why'd you quit wrestling? Oh, well, I didn't quit. I'm st- I'm still doing it. You know. Uh, the last question here from James Sorensen: Do you think social media hurts or helps talent today? I feel like we've talked about that before, uh, and that's definitely a question that deserves so much more time than I think we're going to give it now. But I'm sure we'll talk about it again in the future. But my quick answer is uh, yes. Um, it it helps and hurts talent today. What about you? Uh, if I could put it this way, uh, a good worker never blame. Uh, uh, what's the fucking saying? Apparently, uh, you can't put it that way. So, um, but if you could, a, a, a good craftsman never blames his tools. Yes. Or something you know, that bad guy blames his tools. Something, yeah, but pretty much. Yeah, so if somebody's, you know, fucks up a, a project, they can't go, oh, well, my hammer or my saw. Blah, blah, blah. Well, no, it wasn't, it wasn't your tools. It was you. Mm-hmm. So if you use your tools the right way, then, uh, yeah. There is a way uh, to, to be to, on to, social to, media and still be, God, look at The Rock. Yeah. The Rock's on social media, but he's not sitting there like, you know, whining and complaining or having like pity fights with people and or whatever the hell, you know. Uh, there's a way to there's a way to do it, and I think it, from a marketing standpoint, it can be incredible. I mean, it has been Twitter, for us. Yeah, Twitter's yeah. a vital instrument. It's yeah. the how you use it, yes. you know, so you can you know learn to use it as well. So. Uh, yeah, a, a good craftsman never blames his tools. There you so, are. So that's as, that's as simple as that. And that is it for Ask Meanie. Um, thank you all so much. Meanie, I think this has been a very fun episode. Yeah, uh, I'm a little distracted here real quick. Uh, okay. Me, I'm a distraction. I'm my Mrs. Meanie around and Tracy Roots got something to say. Hey, hey, hey. I hooked up her headphones and for some reason. Listen, I think that that extension is no good. I think we gotta get a new extension. Mm. Fine, I'll order one. Is that the new? Is that the extension that we got you? Yeah, it's no good. It's not good. Can we return it? I don't know why you touched it because I had it enough so I could hear. That's what she said. Uh, while turn it down. While uh, Meanie tries to plug it in, um, 
let me take this opportunity to talk to all of you about patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. Join us on over at patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. We have many, many, many tiers. Uh, and then we also have levels of membership. Uh, so you can join us there uh, as low as $5, as high as 200 if you want. And uh, you will get your money's worth, uh, we think. So join, <laughs> join us over there. Um, Patreon.com slash mind of the meanie. Yes. How are you? Oh, hey. Uh, so I heard you talking about um, how you were saying, like, how come you don't wrestle anymore? Right? Like, right. I, I heard you talking about that. Were yeah. you were you plugging my T-shirt? Because you should have been, number uh, one. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, okay. Uh, Josh, Josh, <laughs> my T-shirt. I did. Okay. That was me. So, so there's a thing that I've been thinking about, and I just wanted to say out loud to your four listeners that you have. Ooh. <laughs> Um, oh, that was a deep. That was a deep cut right there. A little burn. <laughs> Only to the blue meanie, oh, Josh. Man. You're a superstar. You're a superstar. Oh, thank you. <laughs> superstar sarcasm. New T-shirt available at ProWrestlingTees.com/slash. So says Chernoff. Wait, really? Yeah. It, uh, yes. It is. <laughs> yes. So. So okay. So there's something that I've been thinking about that I wanted to say, and it's like uh, there's a thing that people do, like fan. There's a thing that wrestling fans do. And it's well-meaning, but it's a little, like, cut it out. When they go, hey, uh, Blue Meanie, go to AEW. Like, when you <laughs> tell a wrestler, like, go to, you can't, you can't do that. And, like. I can't just show up. And, and another, like. Really? Because like, everyone is, seems to be. The yeah. thing, and it's weird, because it's, like, the only, I mean, well, I guess. Like, like I could just hop the rail. And uh, not get arrested. But, the, but a, but and, a thing uh, that but a thing that you don't think of is like, what if the blue meanie is like has a blood feud with like Cody Rhodes and like really hates his guts or like you know what I mean? Which is not true. No, it, I mean first know. of all, uh, but, I think we all know that Cody is the blue meanie's half uncle. So yes, uh, right. Uh, Goldust is my mommy in law. Yeah. It's true. So. Um, you know. But hey, family so, fights sometimes. So right, yeah. but 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 you Shit. don't know who is friends with who in real life, um, and it's like a job, any job. But I gotta tell you, like when we go to like wrestling shows, I don't wear t-shirts of wrestlers. I mean, sometimes I dress up like wrestlers, but they're usually my friends. It's like I've been doing an ECW theme and they're all my friends mm -hmm. and I actually see them during the day. So it's OK. But I don't wear like T-shirts of wrestlers because what if I'm wearing like a Chris Jericho T-shirt or whatever? And they're like, for example, and somebody is like, ew, like you're you like that guy? Like, ew, he's a real piece of shit. Like, I'm not saying that. I, I think he's a very nice guy. He's very nice to me. But. Her point is, you don't know which wrestler has heat with the other wrestler. You don't know who's friends with who. So I could well, be wearing it. She could, and that's why you don't talk shit about people either out in, out in the real world. I, can I tell you, we did a Conrad show uh, at the TLA. We're at, we were at a, a venue in Philadelphia, and I went outside to smoke a cigarette. The Blue Meanie was a secret surprise guest on Conrad's show. And didn't a fan start talking shit about the Blue Meanie to me? Not knowing that she was my wife. He's like, ah, the blue meanie, what did he ever do? Blah, blah. He's like, oh, you know, uh, what? It? He said something. 
he was talking shit. And I was like, that's my husband. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Usually I don't wave around the blue mini, you know, flag. Oh, yeah. I tell people I'm still doing a podcast with Bill after. Yeah. <laughs> Way more respectable. <laughs> but, like, you don't know who you're talking to. No. It's a great a great point that you're making. And that's... Series you know, of points. It, it, it's... The AEW, the like go to AEW thing or something like that. Like it's or any go, promotion. Go, go, hey, hey yeah. Meanie, go back to WWE. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. What if you know? As if I wanted to leave in the first place. What if he yeah, like? Right. <laughs> what if he like accidentally like pooped in Vince's corporate bathroom or something, and then he was like, "Oh man, that blue Meanie blew up the fucking toilet." Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I, mean, I don't want him in my company. We all know company. that that did not accidentally happen. Uh, I took exactly I took, where he was. I, I took a shit in Parliament once, but that's a different story. Um, no, I think this is a uh, this is a really good point, and that's you know just a thought I've been thinking about. And you guys have a platform where I can say, "Hey, yeah, you know, no. I know it's a well-meaning thing. Mm-hmm. It it's a well-meaning thing, but it's just stop doing that." Just, if you want some, I mean, you can go to the promotion and be like, hey, hire Blue Meanie or yeah. whoever. Yeah, that's the best thing. Start sending some tweets to Tony Khan, right? Like, <laughs> listen, the Blue Meanie, uh, the Blue Meanie made a comeback. Like, Family Guy. Remember, Family Guy got canceled and now mm-hmm. it's still on the air. They're still making new episodes. Because the, the fans demanded the it. The Blue Meanie got rehired because of the fan demand. Yep. That happened like that's a real thing but just saying hey why don't you go like oh you know i really like dunkin donuts but i'm not gonna go and start making coffee there like yeah i gotta yeah, put why in why an application go, yeah, why don't you go to AEW? why don't you go back to wwe it's like you were just sitting there going man i really miss wrestling i wish i could wrestle somewhere i just can't think of where i should go if i only and then someone's like why don't you go to AEW? AEW, <laughs> i knew there was a promotion like come on it's not <laughs> You know, yeah, and, and and folks mean well, but like, yeah, of course, I didn't want to leave WWE. I yeah. uh, liked working for WWE. They just had nothing for me. Yeah, <laughs> but you know who Which did? Which is also a T-shirt that you can get. I was gonna say, you know who did? <laughs> Unbooked Un- catering. catering. Unbooked catering. For dot com slash blue meanie. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So, man. H- how you guys been going? Four hours. You guys gonna wrap this up? Yeah, uh, we were right. actually about to. Yeah, I kind of. I figured. <laughs> I yes, but, I figured. That's why I was trying to get you guys back on track. So but but that's I, the, that's tr- the art form. That of, is. I love. I'm it. not trying hey. to be like, come on, let's go. But oh really, come no, on, no no no. <laughs> but but before before uh, before you go, I want to say um, I'll put this up on the screen here. Travis Steenstra says, "I really enjoyed your Tom Petty video, Mrs. Meanie. That's coming from a massive." Tom Petty fan, too. Oh, man. Can I tell you something? Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier, too. So, Tom Petty. I love Tom Petty. I don't know that I'm, like, his biggest fan. You know, I know the hits, and I I, I love him. I appreciate him. But, uh, you know, back in the day, like, maybe high school, uh, there was this swamp that I would walk by. when I'd walk with my friends home. You know, we'd walk by this swamp, and there was a... Uh, there was this fox that would come out of the reeds when we'd walk by. 
So sometimes we'd sing Tom Petty to it because we—that's what we had stuck in our head at well, the sure, time. It's a, so, well, it's a fox. What the fuck else are you gonna sing? So here, so we're so we named the fox Tom Petty, and it was probably a woman, like it was probably a female fox. That, well, but it, this is Tom Petty the fox. Anyway, flash forward, I get my first ukulele. The first song that I learned was "Learning to Fly." Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how to. I I just learned how to sing along with it. Like I don't. Um, so I learned learning to fly, and then I learned free falling, which I cannot sing along to. It's it. I want to. I, this is me like practicing, um, but free falling is how I know that my ukulele is in, in tune. I joke around that that's the only song that I know, and I had painted my original ukulele. I had painted a fox on. Mm. It was Tom Petty the ukulele because that's those awesome. were the songs. Those are the songs that I knew, and then the blue meanie sat on it. Um, oh my. <clears throat> but that was my fault. I, I had it in a soft case and I had it on a couch. So that was my fault. Not, not on purpose. I've since gotten like 10. I literally I have, made up for it. I literally have 10 ukuleles now. So oh, it's man. fine. Um, and there's something really cool about sitting around and listening to her play that's like just relaxing. There's know? something really cool about sitting around on someone's ukulele. Yeah. Uh, no, but I'm sure. Uh, no, I'm sure it is. Um, I was telling me before that. Uh, I was I watched your video and it was just it was awesome. I just really enjoyed it. I like went from because I didn't know at first you know what the video was going to be and it was like a, hey. like this. yeah, but I'm like it went from like all right, well let me listen to this and see see how it is to just sit back and enjoy. It. Um, yeah, James Sorensen just tweeted Tony Khan by the way. <laughs> oh my god! I'd uh, like to do more. <laughs> I'd like to do more, but I don't know how to sing and play along. I mean, I I can just hey, sing. Hey, that's tough. But that acapella takes a is a time. little weird. It's kind of like doing the pat your head. It and is. Do a yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It takes a long yeah. time. And I also, it's like I've been playing for for a while. Yeah. I it, Listen, I got my first ukulele the day after Brian's mother passed away. Yeah. Mama Meanie passed away, and I went to the Goodwill to get funeral pants. And it was behind the register. And I asked the girl, I said, how much for the ukulele? And she said, the what? And I was like, the little guitar. Oh, uh, $14.99. And it was, it's a Kala. It's nice. It's a, it's a good brand. And it was in a case. It was in a soft case, which I would learn was a terrible mistake. And I should have gotten a hard one. (laughs) You knew that the wrestler liked to plop on the couch and not look behind him. You know? Oh, man. Uh, Fucking honky tonky. I had no ring awareness. Yeah. Oh man. But it's like I'd like to do more, but I can't sing and play along. And acapella is a little weird. So hey, you'll get there. Just keep yeah. keep practicing. Um, I'm sorry. And I got my stylophone. I have so many weird instruments. I and I could do like an actual video where I you know play and then splice in my. My voice. I was playing a little that's bit of your stylophone earlier. That's how I did my uh, my main song and my uh, like the Boeing was actually me sitting there and like waiting for myself to stop singing to Boeing. I and was then probably the end, from the video the video on there you can and the and the end credits I strummed the ukulele on one track and then I sang on another. So I can splice them together. I could do that. Um, I'm just I lazy. Do... Ah. Oh God. <laughs> I do want to just say real quick, uh um oh that didn't go. Hold 
Hold on. Breaking news. Breaking news. I just received this from Andy Slichter. Um, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Monger Man. There you go. Coming soon to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Mind of the Meanie. Um, yeah. yeah. But, hey, with with that, guys. Thank uh, you. Thank you for all your kind words. Yeah, man. Yeah, we, no. We, hey, we were talking about how we enjoyed it, and she got over a thousand views on Twitter too. That's awesome. Very exciting. I wish that would translate into something special, but it just makes me feel special. And that's all that and matters. That's all. Yeah. Um, and you, you know what? You know? We put something out in the world, and people enjoyed it, and that's a pretty uh, cool thing. Uh, that might no, seem small and simple, but in a day when people spend all their time putting it. things out in the world that suck, somebody probably copied and pasted it. Said I'm an idiot. Who knows? No, stop. No. They put me on fartfaceburgers.com. Oh, man. <laughs> Who hasn't been on there, right? Well, I was trying to figure out what I wanted for Listen, long. I posted a... Bri- uh, Brian. Lumini posted a picture of a, a burger that I made, and mm. there was a Twitter account called, like, Stupid Burgers that had my picture as the default photo, and I'm like, I'm very flattered. Take that shit down. How's that a That's stupid fucking- burger? That's rude. Yeah, she, oh, because it's got a lot of stuff on it. She made a, a Philly burger. But it's like, listen. Like, like, like it's stupid good? Like that no, kind of? No. Like, okay. like you don't need to put so much shit on your stupid fucking burger. Oh. And like, I didn't put it, I didn't want to put it over because I didn't want to like get them any more eyes. Uh, yeah, you know what I, I mean, mean, I would just say they could, you know. And I said, take it down and they took it down. Ass, you know, like. <laughs> they they said, I said to take it down. But, like, you could have asked. You could have said, hey, your burger's stupid. And I would have gotten the joke. I would have gotten the joke. You know? But yeah. I'm sorry I put him over. Edit this part out. <laughs> That's too much okay. work. James Sorensen right, says, on. should we also get Josh booked, too? Listen. Always. Yeah. Um, don't don't let Meanie lose out on a booking. They come in a two-pack, like those uh, figures yeah, we, we that We literally are come out. in a two-pack. Um, like the figures. Uh, unless it's a drunken night with Sean Waltman, then we. <laughs> <laughs> That's because uh, we... all right. You got to do that thing where you like. <laughs> Sorry. Wait. <laughs> oh, I popped myself. All right. Listen. At this, you point... gotta do. You gotta do that thing where you're like for Art Bell, Lisa Lyon. We were just talking about Arpel. <laughs> we're just talking about Arpel. That's how that's how George Norrie does the sign off. You gotta say all the names. For Mrs. Meany, for Mr. Blue Meany, I'm Josh Ernoff. And this has been Mind of the Meany. Everybody yes. support Mind of the Meany if you'd be so kind by going to ProWrestlingTees.com slash mind of the meanie. You can support of the Blue Meanie at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Blue Meanie. And you can support me as well at ProWrestlingTees.com slash So Says Chernoff. Make sure if you'd like us to send you a message, you go to our respective cameos. He is Cameo.com slash Blue Meanie BWO. And I am Cameo.com slash So Says Chernoff. Also, subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com slash Mind of the Meanie and follow us on social media at Mind of the Meanie on Facebook, Instagram, and of course Twitter. You can follow us as individuals as well. Uh, Meanie will be getting out of his car at the corner of... No, you can follow us at Mind of the Meanie. Uh, I already said that, but follow me at So Says Chernoff and follow the Meanie 
Blue Meanie BWL. That's across all platforms. Hey, uh, follow us over at Altcom Live. Why not? For all your alternative commentary needs. And of course, at That Was Extreme. Check that out over at adfreeshows.com. Uh, Meanie, what did I miss? I think he got it per- pretty well covered. More than uh, I could probably could have done. <laughs> Ooh, you can follow me at TreyFabe. Go to. Yeah, go to at TreyFabe. And um, Instagram is vomitus.maximus. You can just find me tagged in Blue Meanie's pictures of me because he's like totally obsessed. And, uh, and make sure that's another bonus thing that you can see over at youtube.com slash Meanie. You can check out some awesome Mrs. Meanie run-ins uh, from the past and maybe from the future. I'm Ron Burke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and everybody, most you. importantly, uh, happy Valentine's Day. Because this will be airing before Valentine's Day. So it's important that we say happy Valentine's Day, everyone. It's important that you all join us again next Monday and every Monday. Another trip. Into the mind. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along. Which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com post. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash post. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash post. ZipRecruiter.com slash post.